0: for Australia. Gold and a world record. Now it's Donovan Bailey trying to pick up runners.
1: Donovan Bailey is putting on the third. He's got it. 9-8-4. A world record for Donovan Bailey and a gold medal.
0: A perfect score. 10.0 for Dacia Camonese. A perfect score. The first time I've ever seen it. In over 100 years, nobody's won as many medals at the Olympic Games in any sport than this great champion, Michael Phelps. Usain Bolt sprinting ahead, winning
1: by daylight, and setting a world record: 9.68. The wind is okay. How easy was that?
0: It is Off the Podium, an Olympics podcast coming to you today for an episode that we have been waiting for for five glorious years. We are finally here the Tokyo 2020 Asterix 2021 Olympics are finally here. Oh, are we excited? Yes, we are. We've had to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. And finally, hopefully, fingers crossed, actually happened in only a few days time. We are here for our off the podium Tokyo 2020 preview episode. The first time we have technically done one of these for a summer Olympics. So it's very, very exciting. So much to talk about, so much to get through and I'm so excited to be staring at two gentlemen's faces who are filled to the brim of excitement as another Olympics approach. Uh, first of all, let's introduce the man from the plains of the Emus, a man who's been counting down the days more and more than usually for Eurovision. I don't actually know if that's true, but uh, Jared Lubick. Jared, welcome back. It's a pleasure to see you once again. Thank you. It's, it's great to be back.
2: Looking forward to discussing uh, Australia's medal hopes, uh, not to add any pressure to the athletes, um we've been warned uh, yes. but yeah it should
0: be good yes we have been officially warned by the AOC to not put any undue pressure on our athletes <laughs> um just just want to put that out there thanks John Coates for the quick text message beforehand uh also joining us is a man who is so excited he gets so pumped up and ready to go to see a bronze rush for Canada <laughs> it is Colin Hilton Colin the bronze games are about to happen how excited are oh. you
1: I know we were just talking off air that uh, you know there the, you could get the gold medals and something. I'm like, if Canada offers the bronze medals, that's what I'm getting because that's what we're familiar with. That's the Canadian gold.
0: We are we are an audio podcast, but I've, I visually I'm holding up the fact that I do have my Tokyo gold medal around my neck. I've said I will wear this every day a gold medal is won on this show we'll by an Australian Canadian. You won one already?
1: Wow. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, look, I am that good, so you know, I have one, an individual one of these, more than the Campbell sisters. So um, there you go, <laughs> Kate and Bron. If you want one, you can buy them off Wish, I think it is. So there you go. Um, but I, I'm so excited. This is this is uh, exciting times as Olympic fans and. Yeah, a bit of an extra weight. Um, We we had to wait a, you know, something happened in the world, I think, in the last 12 or so. I don't know, maybe something. I've never heard of it. But, uh, I mean, how are we feeling right now, Jared? I mean, you're you you pumped, you're excited. You get so pumped and excited every year for Eurovision. This is every four years, every five years now. I mean, my goodness, we've had to wait longer. How how are you feeling ahead of these Olympics? Super excited. I feel like with Eurovision, it gets to like a
2: year and it doesn't feel like it's been a year. This feels like it's been the full five years between, uh, Summer Olympics. Uh, but yeah, very excited. I feel like the TV coverage hasn't really started to ramp up yet. Um, but I mean, they're right around the corner of the Olympics and it's, it's going to be great. Um, provided Channel 7 can do a decent job, but we'll see.
0: <laughs> I'm getting that crowdfunding ready to go to, to win the rights away because I don't know if um, – is this Channel 7's last? Oh, no, Beijing, would, I think, is their last in the current deal. I think they only go to 2022, so who knows? We could be getting Stan covering the Olympics in 2024 at this rate. Who knows? Uh, Colin, uh, how, how are you feeling? Uh, pumped, excited, ready to go? How How is Canada sleeping oh. right now a few days away from the opening ceremony? I mean,
1: maybe partly due to the fact that my vacation begins the day of the opening ceremonies, I'm literally counting down the hours right now, uh, <laughs> but it, it's, it's so exciting to have the Olympics back a year later, but also know that I'm going to be able to go in and watch probably more of it than I've ever been able to watch, uh, well, at least within the last decade, decade and a half
0: which is very exciting for you, that you get some time off. That's I'm very glad. That does remind me, uh, Jared, you would remember this. I mean you, you live in the place where the Olympics were, but I remember basically back in 2000, I think all schools in September made their, their school break happen during the Sydney Olympics. I remember our two-week vacation period deliberately was forced to happen during the Sydney Olympics back in. Two. I'm guessing they did that for you as a kid as well, living in the city where it happened.
2: Yes, yeah, definitely, and I suppose the great thing about uh, COVID and working from home is the Olympics will be a little bit easier to watch yes. um, while, I'll say, whilst working, um, whilst not instead working. of working.
0: Yes. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, me too. My, my job's very busy for me to, you know. <laughs> I have to make sure I'm working. Gold medals don't win themselves, people. I know, know, right? Gold medals in unemployment are very hard to come by. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's a great point, obviously, for Australians listening. It's a great time zone. We talked about this back in Pyeongchang, and we're going to have it also in a few months' time for Beijing. So uh, it's a good time to be an Australian Olympic fan. Sorry, Colin, that you have to get up so early. I mean, uh, what are are we – are you basically going to have a weird sleep pattern for the next couple of weeks? Or, I mean, how are you working out you're going to do this to kind of balance this with – you know, that family thing you've got going on in the background?
1: Yeah, I don't think it will be too hard just because, I mean, I've got children, uh, so I don't sleep in anyways. I mean, we recorded a different podcast yesterday, and I apologize because I slept in and it was 7.40 in the morning. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't think getting up to record is going to be as hard as it is that when a lot of the events are going on, it's going to be overnight. So it may be something where I have to wake up an hour ahead of time to catch up on some events so that I don't sound like an idiot only talking about the things that happen in the morning in Tokyo.
0: The morning, yes, the morning. Yeah, we we we'll work out our scheduling and how that's going to go, and we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. But basically, what we're here to do today is to kind of go over just the, the the basics, what to expect during the Olympics, Canada and Australia's hopes. We'll look at some other interesting stories and everything along the lines too. Some off the podium stats from guests that we've had on between Rio and here, and uh, just kind of go through the motions really with this because, as I said, yeah, we didn't really do one of these for Rio because our First episode ever was sort of a, hey, we're off the podium. And then our next episode was, hey, the uh, the opening ceremony just happened. So, uh, you know, that's kind of where we were. Whereas Pyeongchang, we had a bit of a, uh, more of a preview. I just listened briefly going through that. I just want to formally apologize to uh, Brittany Cox um, because (laughs) I did say on that episode that if we were a shoe in for a medal, it would come from her um so yeah that probably speaks volumes of our track record on this show um (laughs) so i don't know how i want to say things today the campbells are in with a shot um which got to say uh if, if you didn't have not listened to our last episode my interview with tristan thomas great interview uh tristan owned me actually in a little bit about my campbell sisters uh jokes he uh he pointed out a very good a uh, little fact about my uh, my bagging them out, so uh, I don't want to spoil it. You have to go listen to it. So, uh, well done, Tristan. Having said that, uh, I've gotten over it. I'm still going to bag up the Campbell sisters. So, uh, <laughs> welcome back to off the podium. Um, it's exciting. Uh, any Olympics are exciting. Uh, an extra twelve months are exciting, but an Olympics is also exciting when you've got five sport four brand new sports the return of sort of uh, two that are kind of combined into one we've got i think an extra 33 medals that are going to be one one in this with the extra 33 events if my calculations are correct so lots to get excited about and we're going to go over kind of some of the the new sports and the other sports that but before we sort of go over some specific ones. Jared, I'll start with you. Of the five new sports, we've got karate, sport climbing, surfing, skateboarding, and baseball slash softball. What are you excited for with these? I just want to get this off the off the bandwagon. I know we talked a little bit about this recently on another episode, but uh, have you had time to kind of uh, get a little bit more excited for any of these coming up the few days away from the Olympics? Yeah, I think sport
2: climbing is the one that I'm really looking forward to, but then also skateboarding, because I think that'll be one of the more interesting ones to watch, Uh, Definitely a bit more of a Winter Olympics feel in terms of of the uh, adrenaline sports and the tricks and whatnot. Um, The other new sports, uh, potentially not great TV to watch. (laughs) Um, But, you know, if we win a medal, I'll
0: um, gladly jump on the bandwagon. Colin uh what about you and and uh, actually give us a Canadian perspective is there much talk about these new sports in in Canada I mean I I don't know of any great Canadian surfers but I I mean I don't know uh if anything is really kind of uh getting on the bubble there in Canada with these new sports
1: really the only mention has been that we have a sport climber that's going to be competing um all the talk is about the things we actually have a shot at right now. So until Canada, Canada's very conservative, until we know we have a shot at winning something, we don't want to acknowledge it exists. Uh, so I'm, I'm breaking the curse here. I am, I am the Canadian pioneer who will discuss these things before we have a shot at it. Uh, you know, I, I think for, for baseball, it's not something that I like to watch as a sport, you know, professionally, uh, But it is because the Pan Am Games has carried this forever. It's something that I always like to watch, at least at the Pan Am Games. So it is going to be fun to see what it's like on the Olympic stage. Uh, Surfing, I got a preview of that during the Pan Am Games a few years ago. It's definitely not something that's going to be exciting to watch live, but I'm excited to see the highlights of it. (laughs) Uh, Avoid the live coverage at all costs. It is going to be very dull. Uh, Skateboarding, kind of like Jared said... I don't know whether I'm excited for it yet or not, because I do sort of just look at this is going to be a lot like the, the winter sports, you know, half pipe uh, slope style. So it's just going to be that sort of without the snow, but uh, sport climbing is the one that I think all of us are really excited about. Uh, Some of the sport climbers you've talked to uh, have me really interested in it. I haven't been able to actually see it as a sport competitively yet. I've sort of waited, but uh, even the Olympic website or the Olympic app, had a great documentary series just sort of previewing sport climbing that has me really excited about that.
0: Which, again, I think I'd like to also make a formal apology to the sport of sport climbing because I think when it was announced during Rio, we all sort of laughed and like, what the fuck is this? And then all of a sudden, this could be one of our favourite sports to watch. Obviously, we had uh, Tom and Ella on sort of uh, between Rio and now and Tom's, of course, competing for Australia. So, yeah, it's 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 an intriguing sport. It really does. What you are mentioning, baseball and softball, I'm actually very excited for the return of these two sports because I used to always love watching them sort of growing up. I remember sort of um, Sydney, kind of the excitement around that, in Australia in softball, at least, I think we're, what, About three bronze medals, I think we've won in it. And I remember Athens, uh, of course, famously, our baseball team went on to win a silver medal out of nowhere, basically, a sport which we had not even, I think, made it past the preliminaries. We went on to the gold medal game in Athens. So that was very exciting. But the thing that I find really intriguing about both baseball and softball is they've been fighting long and hard to get back in the Olympics. They have and then essentially they've almost given them a big fuck you and gone, oh, only six countries can compete in each of them. So uh, Australia and Canada are only in the softball, so we have a 50% chance of winning a medal in a sport already. And uh, we also play each other in in the round robin, Australia and Canada, on the 24th of July, so uh, mark it in your calendars. Uh, Unfortunately, neither of us are in the baseball. Uh, And the big thing for me about baseball, no Cuba. In baseball, the, the dominant force, no Cuba. Instead, we've got the great baseball nation of Israel is competing, um, which look out for them. Um, Japan, obviously the host nation, very prominent in baseball. The US, of course. Uh, South Korea as well, very big baseball nation. Dominican Republic and Mexico. But, yeah, no Cuba. So, very interesting there. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Jared, are we penciling in? Bronze for Australia in softball? I'm saying it now. I think I've written them down as a silver. Oh, okay. I I like feeling. Wow. Colin, are you feeling now a vibe? There's 50% chance of a bronze. Like maybe we'll get the silver and you can get the bronze.
1: I'm going to reserve. I'm going to be a typical Canadian. I'm going to reserve my prediction until after uh, one of the preview (laughs) events, because uh, I think it's Wednesday night here Mm. is when TV coverage begins and it is softball. So, that's my plans for Wednesday. So I'll see how the first game goes. If, if we just end up like idiots all over the field, you know, bumping into each other like the, the <laughs> Simpsons episode before they got Daryl Strawberry and everybody else. And uh, I don't want to look like an idiot if I make a prediction too early.
0: Uh oh, please sing the song. They call it Bay. We're talking softball. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a valid point you make, actually. We should admit, I mean, on the topic of softball, uh, softball and soccer, football, uh, both obviously technically start Uh, on Wednesday with some preliminary rounds and archery and rowing, I also believe have some preliminary going on on the opening ceremony day. But um, obviously we've got 33 sports this time around. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of them. This isn't Winter Olympics we can kind of get away, get away with it. Um, but obviously your, your standard 28 with the addition of five that you've got going in there as well. Some of the more interesting ones and new competitions in terms of some of the traditional sports. So basketball, for example, we now have three-by-three three basketball, which is uh, very, very exciting, three-on-three. Three. Freestyle BMX, which is getting a lot of uh, talking as well. Madison Cycling is coming into the fray. We have a bunch of mixed events uh, this time around, obviously the push for gender equality going on in the olympics so we look here swimming have a mixed relay track and field have a mixed relay archery a mixed team event judo a mixed team event shooting three mixed team events happening table tennis a mixed doubles event and triathlon a mixed team relay i do also believe there's a few extra disciplines in uh canoe kayak and a few other sports as well so um it's always exciting i, I mean Three-on-three three basketball, Jared. It's one of these ones that I believe Australia is not in e- either of them. Uh, not too sure about Canada. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But, uh, I mean, I've seen some of this happen, and this is obviously getting quite popular, three-on-three three basketball. So I'm excited to see this.
2: Yeah, I watched a bit of uh, it at uni. Um, and, yeah, it's decent. It's a lot, I suppose, faster pace, less people on the field. So um, I'm all for them, like,
0: just adding as many disciplines and extra sports as they want to, really. I'm seeing here, Colin, that the Canadian women's uh, are only... No, that's not three-on-three. So, no, Australia and Canada are not representing three-on-three at all. Uh, But (laughs) I'm looking at the wrong page. But anyway, three-on-three basketball, Colin. What do you know about it?
1: Uh, I've been able to watch... They've had a little bit of TV coverage um in the last couple of weeks i mean it will, I, again I'm, I'm trying to reserve some of these new sports to really get the full impact once it debuts but i did flip through it a little bit it has me intrigued it's the same as hockey you know the three on three for overtime has become a big thing here and i think it actually you would think having less players makes it less exciting i think it makes it more exciting so I, i'm probably gonna be more likely to watch the three on three basketball than I am the regular basketball
0: 30 339 events 33 different sports 50 disciplines basically uh going to be doing so i mean we talk up during the winter olympics kind of it's a little bit more you know uh, compact in terms of what you got and everything but i mean with the summer games like i mean god i mean everything here is covered uh, i mean again don't want to go through everything i'm just going to mention right now obviously modern pentathlon we made chloe esposito a gold medalist for you five years ago she's sadly not back to defend a gold but uh, still probably out there as my favorite sport you know, who's our next champion? We're going to find out there as well. Um, Jared, I'm going to assume you're going to be frothing at the mouth still for the for the dressage and the rhythmic gymnastics. I'll get you to talk about that as well. Um, let's not forget golf. Is it the Olympics? That's always a positive. Sure, that got us all excited in Rio. Uh, the rugby sevens is still there. Beach volleyball, gymnastics. Uh, and then archery is a random one that I always seem to like as well. But um, I'm going to go for you, Colin. I mean, Again, we've gone over this before in terms of favorite sports, but is there anything since the last Olympics that maybe you caught a little bit more of during Rio that you want to watch again or during a Commonwealth Games, a Pan Am Games, that all of a sudden on Olympic level, you're going to pay a little bit more attention to this time around?
1: Yeah, you know, I've it's something I'll usually check out here and there, but the last Olympics, water polo really caught my eye. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to actually really follow water polo from the beginning this time and, and not just sort of tune in during the medal games for five minutes here or there. Uh, Cause that's, that's a crazy sport. I mean, it's, you know, it's fast paced. It's something that you feel like you could do yourself if you had the stamina, <laughs> you know, I'm treading water, I'm throwing a ball. Uh, that's one of the ones that I, I don't think I was excited for in real that having seen it and also rugby sevens, I, I had no exposure to rugby period before the last Olympics and rugby sevens was probably some of the most fun that I had watching anything in Rio.
0: Which I would just add to Jared, before I sort of go to you with that, like I I obviously live in the wrong part of Australia to really be a rugby mad fan. I still enjoy the sport, but not as much as I would say where Jared lives or when I was living in Queensland, but yeah, I, I was completely blown away by rugby sevens and particularly the women's uh, not just because we won the gold, but I just I, I found the women's a lot more entertaining. I thought it was it was it's interesting. I don't often say that between women's and men's sports, but it's yeah, the women's definitely was uh, very entertaining. Uh, Jared, I mean, God, five years later, I mean, bat horse, is this what you're mm-hmm. looking out for? <laughs> I mean, the rhythmic gymnastics. I mean, God, you've you've been missing this.
2: Yeah, all it's all the sports with just that um, level of poshness. I suppose to the commentary <laughs> is what I'm looking forward to. So yeah, the equestrian the gymnastics, uh, particularly the rhythmic gymnastics, uh, but then also, you know, the synchronised drowning.
0: um, (laughs) All those positive things out there that that I'm looking forward to. Uh, Jared, I need to pull you up there. It's no longer called synchronised drowning. It's called artistic drowning. They've renamed the sport Mm, to artistic swimming. Uh, So it's a little bit more posh in that uh, line of things there just to – to clarify. Um, yeah, I, I I think the one that uh, I was going to mention too, outside of the ones that we were already talking about, they're fencing. After having spoken to Max, uh, you know, sort of getting a bit more of an understanding of it, actually. Um, I've always enjoyed fencing, but it's kind of one of these ones that, you know, you feel like, oh yeah, I know what I'm, and, you watch, and you're watching, you know, what the fuck is going on? But <laughs> now having learnt a little bit more uh from from max and even wrestling speaking to the guys uh, a week or so ago with wrestling because i mean obviously colin wrestling is a little bit bigger in your part of the world you've had some success in it and i actually want to correct myself too Uh, i believe in that interview i said uh for the guys to push for paris to go and win australia's first ever medals in wrestling uh i actually did some fact checking there we we have won medals in the sport of wrestling before uh a long time ago but we've apparently won silver and bronze medals in wrestling i'm thinking this is like antwerp or something i don't know but uh i mean jared we we often talk about this in australia don't we our esteemed history of 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 wrestling in this country yes it's always about um reliving the glory days (laughs) yeah i didn't know that um Anyway, I mean, actually, just on that note, I mean, Colin, I realize you probably listen to our show a little bit more than uh, Jared. Uh, But uh, I mean, have there been any of our athletes that we've had on that kind of have have, like on what you're talking about the sports, like some of our recent ones where we're kind of trying to be diversifying the sports, even some of the ones that you've done that maybe kind of add a different element to you watching these sports this time around?
1: Um, not not of the ones that actually get to compete. I mean, <laughs> the the majority of the ones that we've interviewed, you know, obviously uh runners and swimmers, you kind of know what you're getting. Uh when we had our high jump gold medalist on Derek Druin, uh, hmm. which we'll get to a little bit later in the show, uh, he really got me interested in the whole idea about that. And I think it made our best hub clip. Uh, whether or not you take the extra jumps, even if you've guaranteed the gold medal and all that, and some of the the kind of behind-the-scenes decision-making that goes into high jumping. Uh, sadly, we won't get to see him compete again, but I am more curious and uh, I guess going in a little bit more knowledgeable about high jumping this time.
0: Jared, I mean, again, I know you don't listen to our show. You're a busy man. But, uh, I mean, of, of the, like, two episodes I think you've listened to, did you get any appreciation for any of these sports?
2: I'm with you on on the fencing Um, because it's something that I'm always interested in but there'll be a different sport on at the same time or and I think it's the interviews but then also just the fact that it's in modern pentathlon but now I'm just interested in all those events within modern pentathlon but then also outside of it Um, and yeah just watching random YouTube clips of fencing it seems a lot more interesting and there's a lot more that goes into it than than what you initially
0: think. I believe there's a James Bond movie you might be able to watch. Jared might help you out with that. Uh, just don't so do like, it, Jared. Don't might do be it. Able to hook you up. Uh, before we sort of look at Australia and Canada's prospects, uh, in terms of the countries themselves, uh, there were 207 countries competing in Rio. There'll be 206 countries this time around. Uh, outside of the obvious one, can either of you tell me which country have decided to withdraw from the Olympics this year? You'll get a you'll get a free gold medal from Tokyo 2020 if you get it correct. <laughs> yep, the looks on their faces says it all.
1: Kazakhstan.
0: Kazakhstan, greatest country in the world, will be there. Uh Jared, wanna hedge your hedge bet here? Hedge a guess? Surely it's like uh, I don't know. Liechtenstein or something like that. <laughs> Sad, sadly, Liechtenstein will be there. Um no, North Korea are not going to the Olympics. Oh. So There you go. I think it's because I think they all died during COVID, even though they've had zero cases. So um, apparently it's the first time they have not been in a Summer Olympics since 1988. Uh, And also for the first time, uh, the Republic of Macedonia will compete as North Macedonia. So sort of a new nation, but not really. But there is a brand new nation, ROC, the Russian Olympic Committee, (laughs) competing as... ROC, rock, rock and roll, the Russians. <laughs> so we don't have the Olympic athletes from Russia. We've got rock, ROC. Oh, I like rock a lot better. I know. What's the national anthem for rock? Is it Twisted Sister? I want of rock, <laughs> rock. Do, 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 do. Like, that's got to be the... Every you know.
1: time they win a medal, I just want their medal. Can you smell what the rock is cooking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: People's eyebrow going up there. Um, oh, fantastic! I love it. And actually, I'm, I'm looking here too, um, just as a precursor, because I know the last few Olympics, obviously, they generally do the um, the parade of nations in the in the local language. Sort of, we had that one in Portuguese in Rio and in Korean in Pyeongchang. A bit confusing, but uh, it will be the case this time around. It will be in Japanese. So I'm looking here right now at the official order of where the nations will come out this week. Australia will be out 38th in the Parade of Nations, so mark that down. And Canada, you will be coming out in the grand old spot of 47th. Uh, so Canada's between Qatar and Gabon, uh, very strong traditional rivals of Team Canada. And Australia <laughs> all will be up against El Salvador and Austria. So, um Ooh, very uh, big there. Now um, we'll talk about our flag bearers in a second here. But has any whispers, Colin? Uh, any because I'm seeing here at least on my official list here, no official announcement. But are there whispers around who the the flag bearers could be? Because of course uh, this time around, yeah. uh, countries are allowed to have both a male and a female uh, flag bearer come out together.
1: I mean, there's just your typical you know posts. Okay, who do you think it should be? Uh, and then fans just sort of I mean. One of the main ones is uh, Christine Sinclair, who's a soccer star. She always gets thrown around because she's sort of one of our longest running Olympians. Uh, having said that, she's been flag bearer uh, before. I, I think Andre de is going to be uh, the male side. Um, because Penny Alexiak has already been a flag bearer, I'm going to say it's not going to be her for the female. Uh, I think that Kylie Mass is actually a very strong possibility because of all the Olympians we're sending, she's probably our closest thing to a lock for a gold medal. So if I had to go for it, I would say Andre de and Kylie Mass are going to be the flag bearers for the
0: You know, she's clearly not going to win one. She's been on this show so far. <laughs> <She's->
1: <laughs> We're sorry, Kylie. <laughs> sorry,
0: Kylie. You're not going to win one. Um, I mean, you know, Jared, that in our uh, case, that our flag will probably get dropped halfway around the track, at least by half of them. Uh Kate Campbell uh, (laughs) has uh, the honor for being the female flag bearer. And Patty Mills, uh, basketball legend, uh, has it on the male side of things. I mean, they announced this very early. They generally don't do this until like the eve of the Olympics. This was about two, three weeks out. This is weird that they did this so early. Yours, Colin? What's happening?
1: Ours ours is like 24 hours away right now. I mean, had we recorded this tomorrow, we would have been breaking the news. As it happened, but uh, right. right now it's just predictions. But yeah, even ours is like a couple of days ahead of time.
0: Yeah, Jared, this is weird. I, and this is like a live event. It was like tune in live, like it was a big deal. So yeah, what are your thoughts on Patty and uh, that girl who can't win gold?
2: <laughs> yeah, it was very early, and for uh, a team that's not wanting to build pressure around athletes to announce the flag bearers that far out, just seems like a recipe for disaster. Um, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm happy for Patty Mills. Uh, Kate Campbell, I suppose she's good at swimming outside the Olympics, so fair enough.
0: <laughs> I, I just, can I just put out? I, th- I swear I did not edit this. I, I was looking at Kate Campbell's Wikipedia the other day, Wikipedia page the other day. I want to read what this says. This is in the post under 2016 Olympics. Um, for the h- final 100 meter freestyle. Campbell was a favorite. However, after leading at the first turn, she choked and finished sixth in fifty three point two four. And then 2017. After the Rio Olympics, Campbell took 2017 off swimming competitively in order to recover from disappointment. <laughs> that great condition of disappointment. Um, I, I'm so glad whoever edited this, so they're probably listeners to the show. Um yeah, look. I mean, in all seriousness, she's got an esteemed record. I mean, she's she's a she's a great swimmer, and unfortunately, it's never been able to sort of transition into. I mean, she's an Olympic gold medalist. She's won it in the relay. She just hasn't quite lived up to the individual side of things, but. Uh, you know, she she she's a deserving person. I think, kind of, you know, I mean, maybe Jessica Fox potentially. I mean, she's basically like the most successful canoeist in the world except for the Olympics. So maybe there, but um, yeah, I don't know. Patty Mills, though, what is this? His uh, fourth Olympics, fifth Olympics. So, um, yeah, I mean, deserved there. Uh, I'm just looking at some I- of the other. Oh yes, go Colin.
1: I I was going to say, I I was really shocked that the name Mac Horton wasn't thrown out there. So I Googled and apparently he failed to qualify.
0: Uh, No, he's in the Olympics. He failed to qualify for the 400. Uh, I think he's, I I don't know if he's just in the relays or if there's maybe in the 200, but um, yeah, no, there's, there's a few that uh, ultimately uh, haven't qualified, like uh, a couple of guests on this show. Uh, Mr. Burton in sailing did not qualify. We're sorry.
1: Uh, We're sorry. Catherine
0: Skinner didn't qualify. Look at this. With Pyeongchang, it was just an issue of,
1: you know what, they failed to medal. We are going backwards here now. People won't even qualify. Pretty soon soon they're going to have to be retiring due to injury before even getting the qualification just from being on the show.
0: Ella Ella got second, I think, to uh, Oceania. So, yeah. Yeah. of the of the other uh, flag bearers here that have been announced, uh, special shout out to our uh, Tongan friend in his third Olympics. Oh yeah, he's back, Mister Shirtless. Let's try and get his name right this time around. Is that Peter taffertel Fua, who apparently tried to qualify in canoeing, failed, so we went back to the old faithful of Taekwondo. Um, but he's officially been announced as Tonga's flag bearer again. Is he the shocker? First wow, three time flag bearer. Um, and in terms of – it's a bit of a random one. This is a bit of selfish reasons for me, but uh, I, of course, worked boxing in uh, the Commonwealth Games and got to experience a lot of the boxers up close and personal. Mary Com for India, who is a fascinating athlete in herself. She won a gold in um, in in the Gold Coast, and she's a bronze medalist from the London Olympics. This woman is – she has a seat in Indian Parliament. She's an Indian parliamentarian. She's a, she's a big deal in India. And whenever, I, whenever she would have a fight, the Indian journalists would just swarm the press area. She's such a nice lady. And uh, she's the female flag bearer for India. So uh, look out for Mary Cobb during these Olympics. She's uh, such a great athlete.
1: I heard that a famous member of the Canadian Parliament, our Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, was also uh, trying to qualify in one of the drowning events.
0: Um, but... <laughs> Didn't good job. <laughs> Yeah, Scott Morrison tried to qualify in I don't know Jared what event. Uh, taking a holiday. Yeah, taking a holiday. Exactly. <laughs> good, good one there. Um, but in terms of Australia and Canada, uh, let's 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 start with Canada because I feel like this conversation won't take as long. Uh, I'm seeing here you've got 371 athletes, Colin Hilding, in 30 different sports. I'm reading here about a few of your medal prospects here that is a uh, potential there. Uh, I do have a, an official uh, prediction website from Grace Note here, which I want to talk about at some point when it comes to our medal predictions. But uh, give us your take. What? What? Where are the key medals coming from for Canada? Because from what I'm reading here, it's going to be girl power for Canada. I, yeah. I, I'm reading here that basically one guy could win a medal. The rest are all going to be female.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's a different article that I'm reading. Mine's on CBC, uh, but uh, I remember seeing this a couple months ago where they had the metal predictions and they're saying 95% will be female. Uh, having said that, they have not included Andre DeGrasse or Aaron Brown, who uh, we had Aaron Brown on the show last summer. I think he was the first interview we had after the postponement of the games, which was interesting. Uh, Aaron Brown's really stepped up in the last couple months. Uh, so I think since predictions really started getting made, I think he's got a shot for the 200 meter uh, and then the relay as well. And Andre de Grasse, I think because he came out so strong in Rio and in the world championships after that, there was all these expectations, but he's had a lot of injuries and uh, hasn't been able to compete multiple times in several seasons, but again, has been really strong uh, this past year. Uh, I, I'm going to say that Andre de Grasse and Aaron Brown will probably meddle in something. I don't know if either of them are going to win gold I think relays is a shot for them. Kylie mass. Oh, I don't want to say it now. I'm not, I'm not going to say what I said before. Kylie mass is, is a very good shot at a gold medal. Uh, very, very, very good shot at a good me- gold medal. Not a lock though. I'm not going to say a lock because I'll jinx it. Uh, Penny Alexiak also is uh, probably going to come with a couple of medals. She sort of hit. This seems to be common for swimmers, this uh, sophomore year let's call it after their breakout performance they they really kind of tanked and that happened to penny uh but she also has sort of really gotten back into shape and um uh been performing much better lately i'm gonna say a lot of our medals are gonna come in swimming again which when we went into rio i don't think we had any shot at a swim medal i think um ryan cochran who uh you know we've talked about quite a bit on here he was our hopes in rio and everybody blew him away um Rosie McLennan is – I'm not going to say she's going to win three back-to-back gold. It will be nice if she does because I don't think that's ever happened before. But I think she's still in there for the trampoline. Uh, and Erica Weeb, who won the gold in uh, wrestling last time. I mean, she's, she's a huge star here now. Uh, probably one of the few Olympians that's really uh, taken the ball and ran with it and, and developed a persona for herself and uh, become a, a bit of a quasi-celebrity. Uh, off of the Summer Olympics, which is unusual in Canada, uh, we will say nothing for Derek Druin. But I, I'm actually going to change a prediction. This isn't a medal hope here, but um, th- there there's an athlete. I don't know if this made news over there. It's made news tons of countries around the world. One of our boxers, Mandy Boujold, who had failed to qualify for some political reasons. And this became probably the biggest story Canada has had over the last couple months. Uh, what basically happened is um, she was pregnant and this was going back in like 2018. So, or sorry, in 2019, she was pregnant. And last year, uh, when the qualifying was supposed to take place, qualifying had been postponed because of COVID. Coming into this year, she still thought she had a shot because they're going to, but then they decided to postpone the qualifying this year and say, we're going to base it all off of 2019. Like this wasn't a Canadian decision. This was an IOC decision. She basically petitioned over and over again saying, listen, I was pregnant. I didn't get pregnant during a qualifying year. I specifically planned my pregnancy a year before this so I could qualify. There should be exemptions made and there should be, uh, I guess, an exception made where a person, a woman can qualify after you know, uh, she's pregnant if if the qualification is moved around. She's saying flat out, I did not plan, that Not I didn't plan to get pregnant, but I planned my pregnancy around qualification. It's not my fault the qualification got moved because of COVID. You shouldn't go back to the year where there was not supposed to be qualification based on. This came down to the wire. It was only about a week and a half ago. She went as far as taking the IOC to court, wow. like lawyers and everything. You know, we're talking like tens of thousands of dollars. And ended up winning her final appeal. It was probably the biggest story we've had. I'm not even just talking like this was bumping Stanley Cup news in Canada. It was such a big deal that she had won this and is now officially qualified for Tokyo. So uh, even though I don't think she's necessarily going to win a medal, uh, I'm going to revise my opening ceremony flag bearer and say it's going to be her. Partly because there's not going to be a shot. And we know this is her last Olympics and she's now sort of just through this battle she's had in court to just say, you know, some things need to be changed, she's probably become our most famous Olympian going into the games.
0: Fascinating. I like these little stories, actually. The one actually I want to ask you quickly too about is uh, Summer McIntosh, 14 years oh, old. Yeah. And the story I love seeing on Twitter during the week was that they they posted a picture of nine-year-old Summer McIntosh at the Rio trials with Penny Alexiak getting a photo taken with her going, oh my God, Penny's going to mm-hmm. Rio Olympics. Obviously went on to win gold. And now she beat Penny Alexiak basically in the event that she won gold in Rio. So yeah. she's obviously getting a bit of arts uh, because she's qualified for that couple of events, hasn't she?
1: Yeah. And she came out of nowhere, like six months ago, her name wasn't even on anybody's radar and all of a sudden of nowhere, they're saying, yeah, she's one of our, our, you know, not going to say locks. She's one of our very strong hopefuls uh, going into Tokyo. Uh, and there's another one, uh, as far as male swimmers go, there's uh, one named Cole Pratt, who um, I think we might see him finish maybe close to a medal position. The thing that's exciting about that is that uh, the, the Canada Games, which is sort of the junior Olympics here in Canada, it's what Canada does to ready athletes that are under the age of 21. To potentially do Commonwealth Games, Pan Am Games, or Olympics in the future, just to get them used to that stage. That was here in Winnipeg a couple of years ago, and he was like the big star that we had uh, during the the Canada Games here, and I think he was maybe 14 or 15 at the time and now his name is being thrown around as a hey if, if there's any male because we don't really have any strong male uh contenders in swimming if there's any men who actually could it could be him but it's just crazy to see how quickly swimmers can come up in Canada because Cole Pratt who you know was just sort of Commonwealth or not Commonwealth Games not Canada Games star a couple of years ago and the Summer McIntosh who nobody knew her name I would say even two or three months ago are now big names and uh, you know being all- thrown all over the media as uh, potential medal contenders.
0: The team that you are sending is the largest team you have had at a Summer Olympics since 1984 in Los Angeles. 60% female, 225 yeah. women, 146 men. Uh, 131 coaches go along. There you go. Uh, Summer McIntosh is your youngest, and your oldest is an equestrian Competitor by the name of Mario Desloriez from Quebec. Uh, so, and your is most... every
1: country's oldest athlete an equestrian? <laughs> oh, the oldest. I don't feel that's a young
0: man's sport. <laughs> well, the oldest athlete in the games is an equestrian. We'll talk about a very uh, famous Australian equestrian athlete He's coming back for his eighth Olympics. Um, but your most capped Olympics uh, is Nicole Olympian, I should say, Nicola Gurk. She's a 43-year-old sailor from West Vancouver in her fifth. Olympic Games uh, on the tennis side of things. This is one for Jared. To get excited about uh, your two biggest stars, uh, Bianca Andreescu and Mr. Shapalapalapalov, uh, are both not going. So uh, yeah. you know, sad, sad for that. Covid. But, yeah, Covid. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about tennis uh, in in a moment because I know Jared's on that. Um, I'm just um. We'll, we'll go to our predictions shortly. Uh, in terms of medals and everything like. But like, I mean, what is the vibe like in Canada? Uh, like you're. I mean, I've just come back from living there. I, I, you know, you're a very polite sort of very you know people, and you you are you, not talking yourselves up in anything really. Like it's 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 an interesting dynamic that Canadians have in themselves. But is there a is there a confidence? Is I mean, is the Summer Olympics generally mm. just a Uh, if we win a couple of bronze, we'll be happy. Like, this obviously isn't the winter games for you, but, like, what is the vibe in Canada ahead of these Olympics for how you guys are going to do?
1: After Rio, there's a lot more um, excitement over the Summer Olympics. Uh, Not just in swimming, you know, swimming, track and field, uh, beach volleyball, a lot of these sports where we didn't expect to do as well in Rio, and now all of a sudden we're, like, major contenders. Uh, It's it's weird that... uh, you know, we're, we're as good as we are in the Winter Olympics and so much less impressive in the Summer Olympics to say that going into Tokyo, there's probably just as much excitement as there was for Pyeongchang. Uh, and obviously, as far as medal totals go, we're not going to be nearly as high. But I think that Canadians were just sort of so caught off guard with our performance in Rio that it's gotten a lot of people pumped up. And just the TV coverage alone for a lot of these summer sports is just ridiculous, like you can't avoid seeing these on CBC every single weekend, Uh, I would say going into Rio, you might see about two hours a week dedicated to the summer sports, now it's probably like six or seven hours just on the network television that doesn't even include the cable sports networks.
0: I, I enjoyed that on a Saturday, seeing those kind of things On when you pointed that out to me. I don't want to take your thunder when we get to the medal predictions here, but I'm looking at this CBC article and they've got the four gold medals that they are predicting. So I, I won't steal your thunder with that one. But just looking at Canada's Last few Olympics, Um, you finished 20th, 27th, 19th, 21st, and 24th in terms of the medal tally since 2000. Worked out the averages here, Colin. Again, I'm precursing your predictions here, but uh, Canada averages since the beginning of the millennium, three gold, 5.2 silver, and nine bronze. So you go, your your bronzed uh, medal. So about 17.2 average since uh 2000 over the last uh, five olympics so again i don't know if that's going to affect your medal rating or not but uh we'll, we'll maybe get to that soon um jared all right here we go uh australia 487 athletes we have this time around across 33 sports which i, I don't i mean there's 33 sports at the olympics we, we do not have athletes in wrestling so i don't know where these stats are coming from so unless they're kind of uh you know separating some of these ones and making it a little bit different there but uh The Australian Olympic Committee have come out and officially said they will not do a projected medal tally because they feel it will place undue pressure on the athletes. I, for one, completely agree with the AOC because, yes, it does. And we have a habit in this country of talking the world, delivering an atlas and then bagging out our athletes for it. Uh, I've been very outspoken, I think, how it's, it's cruel to say that we have underachieved in the last few Olympics because... I personally don't think we have. We've gone back to where we've always been, just off the dregs of Sydney. We were always going to succeed for a few. Look at the UK. Like, they're going to have dregs off that. You know, London's now nearly 10 years removed. It always happens after, you know, a couple of Olympics after you've hosted it. So I like this that the ASC aren't going to project it. But a few different articles here, a few different projections. I mean, give us your take. How are you feeling in terms of how we're going to go into these Olympics?
2: Um, you know, it's odd because when I think about it, not looking at individual sports, I don't think we're going to do amazing. And I think medals will be coming from kind of unexpected places. But this afternoon, when I went through and looked at all the sports and who was competing, I think I overestimated our chances, um, maybe some positive endorphins after just playing some tennis, but uh, yeah, I think grossly (laughs) overestimated our chances. But looking over it as a whole, yeah, I feel like for us there's not many looks.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I, I agree because it, it, it's always hard. Like, I mean, this is the Winter Olympics problem with Australia. Like, we go into this with such a biased opinion of, oh, look at all these world Like, all this it doesn't make jack shit come in Olympic Games. Uh, you know, if you look at some of our results in swimming recently, you know, I think we got seven gold at the last world championships. We're not going to win seven gold during these Olympics. It never happens generally. It's it's a different thing. And yeah, we can have some of the best, but Olympics bring out the best in some people. Like you're going to have these people Colin was just talking about, like Penny Alexiak, you know, these people that you're not even predicting all of a sudden, boom, they're winning medals. So and all jokes aside about the Campbell sisters, you know, they can win everything, but an Olympics is a, is a different thing. So <laughs> ah, ha, 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 to play the laugh track, but it's fascinating because we've got some great athletes out there that on any given day, should we be winning medals and gold and that sort of stuff, but it just generally doesn't happen. So yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, I think for the most part, the, the, the regular sports are going to be there for us. Swimming obviously is going to be, you know, channel seven already is basically close off scheduling for the next week. Cause it's just all going to be replays and family members going to the bathroom, tell the story for that 18 hours and all that kind of stuff, you know, else channel seven does. And Obviously, we've got a, a, a few big names that really haven't been around. I mean, outside the Campbell sisters, I've got to mention a certain Ariana Titmus, who we claim as a Tasmanian. I think she's technically a Queenslander, but I think she was born in Tasmania. And her dad uh, used to be the head newsreader for our version of Channel Seven. I remember growing up watching her dad as our new, main newsreader. And I'm friends with him on Facebook, and he's always posting. And I think they, everyone in Tasmania, he's like, "Oh, she's Tasmanian. Ariana Titmus is Tasmanian." But uh, she obviously uh, has has done quite well over the last few years. The big one that's coming out, and you mentioned Kylie Mass, Colin. This is one of the biggest events, actually, at the Olympics that people are talking about is the 100-metre backstroke because obviously with Kylie Mass in there, but our own Kaylee McCowan... She has uh, McEwen, I should say. That's how you pronounce her name. Um, I was going to
1: correct you, but I felt it wasn't right for the Canadians. Well, I, <laughs> I
0: think her Instagram has corrected me. So thank you, uh, Kaylee. <laughs> uh, she's just broken the world record uh, in the swimming trials here in Australia. So they're, they're talking this up. This is going to be one of the the main races of the swimming. So she's, she's getting a lot of whisper there. I think our big hopes, the ones that basically they're saying we will not be beaten in, which by saying this, I've just jinxed it are our relays, the 100-meter, 4x100-meter relays uh, for females, which basically I think we've won everything in the last however many years. The mixed relay, they're saying, is basically a lock. Um, so that's kind of where they they guarantee it. And outside of that, outside of swimming, obviously I mentioned Jess Fox before, uh, has basically won everything when it comes to canoe. And she's got a new event this year. She's got the C1 and the K1. Uh, she's obviously won a silver and a bronze previously, never a gold. So uh, they're calling that. I'm just reading a list here of the the – we're predict- predicted by this gold note to win 12 gold. I don't know if I agree with that. But of our 12, Jessica Fox should win two of them apparently. Road cycling, it's not Where's Richie. Proud Tasmanian, Richie Podium Tour de France finisher, uh, Rowan Dennis, uh, apparently in the men's individual time trial is a, a predicted gold. Our men's hockey team, woof, Jesus, these predictors really don't know how our hockey team works. <laughs> um, uh, two in the in the rowing, in both the men's fours and the women's fours, so the awesome foursomes look set to return. Uh, we've got th- Two gold in the sailing predicted. Men's Laser, Matt Wern and Matt Belcher-Will Ryan in the men's 470. Surfing, our great Sally Fitzgibbons, who is uh, basically the, the best surfer in the world, isn't she, in the women's shortboard. As I mentioned, the two in the swimming, in the the relays, and then apparently our triathlon in the mixed team relay is a bit of a shoe-in. I'm not seeing Ash Barty there, Jared, off Wimbledon. I mean, you know, what are your takes on uh, our Wimbledon champion Ash Barty's chance of a gold medal?
2: Yeah, I think she'd be a more fitting flag bearer, but um, I mean, I put her down as a silver. Right. I think she's capable of winning gold.
0: Who's beating? But her? I don't
2: want to. I don't want to uh, jinx it. I, is oh, this is going to be bad if it's wrong? Asaka's playing, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Osaka's Asaka from last side so she's playing.
2: Home Olympics hasn't played in forever. Um, I'm just yeah. That's that's where I think the gold's going to go.
0: Interesting, interesting. It's, it's funny, I, our beloved friends over at news.com.au, hello, news.com.au. I'm reading here the athletes to watch that they're saying and uh – Apparently, we have a bit of a shot as a medalist in the one hundred meter sprint. Yeah, of course we do. Um, have we ever run under ten seconds? I thought the one time that uh, was that Patrick Johnson did it, it was uh, wind assisted, so it didn't count. Um, so, but we've got a guy called Rowan Browning who uh, Tristan did talk a little bit about the other day. He said there's a chance as a finalist, but. Uh, Yeah, I don't think we're ever going to win a a medal in the 100 metres. Yeah, Jess Fox, obviously, is being mentioned here. Rowan Dennis apparently is getting some whispers. Ash Barty, uh, another big one. And actually a really good chance, actually. We can win our very first soccer medal. Obviously, the Matildas are quite good. Uh, Sam Kerr, best. Soccer player in the world, apparently, so she could be doing well. Uh Sally Fitzgibbons here, the cook of Paris. I mean, come on, guys. Like, this is the olympics This is like saying the boomers are gonna win a medal. We'll get to the bronze medal match and we'll lose in overtime again. That's what's gonna happen. Um, and the other one here, guest of the show, Charlotte Caslick, gold medalist in uh, rugby sevens. Uh, she's an athlete to watch. And uh, but they're not really talking up our girls in the the rugby. I think our men apparently are a bit more of a medal prospect than the women this time around. But uh, I I want to say this, Jared. I'm I'm focusing on the team sports. They choked big time in Rio. I don't like talking this choking term unless it's the Campbell sisters. I don't want to be the AOC and put pressure on it. But let's be honest. Our team sports underachieved in Rio. We were quarterfinals, I think, in everything. So. We've got to be looking at the team sports this time around, right, Jared? Like, you've penciled a silver for our softball girls. The Opals, they're generally up there. The Boomers, I mean, we are pretty good. Uh, We just beat the US like a week ago in Las Vegas. So, I mean, how are you feeling about our team sports this time around? I'm feeling positive. I think that's where
2: most of my predicted medals on my tally have come from. And I think what the key difference is going to be is that in Rio, we had the Swiss Jinx. Mm. On a lot of our team sports, water polo, they were advertising multivitamins. Basketball was advertising the multivitamins. Both the men's and women's hockey teams were advertising the multivitamins. So, provided that the new Swiss, which is YoPro, <laughs> so this is the YoPro Mojo instead of the Swiss Jinx. Um, <laughs> YoPro is only promoting Ash Barty, so that's kind of uh, why I'm putting her in the silver spot. Okay, uh, Brandon Stark in the high jump. Yep. And Kyle Chalmers in the swimming. So that's Ah. the three who are just going to be a little bit cursed there. But outside of that, they've left kind of our our teams free of that uh, curse, the Yo Pro Mojo, the Swiss Jinx. (laughs) So I think this is the year where, yeah, we'll do quite well in the team events.
0: The Yo Pro Mojo. What do you have there, Colin? I mean, we talked, I think, recently about, um, you know, a couple of your athletes on the old Wheaties boxes. Like, do you have some sort of, uh, you know, big company there behind a few of your Olympians ahead of the Games?
1: Well, I'm actually really excited because, as we mentioned last time, the um, the cereal boxes that they had already made for 2020 Tokyo were all over last summer. Uh, we were just out shopping on Friday, and I was t- t- commenting to Jamie, I'm like, oh, I'm so disappointed they didn't bring these back, and Saturday morning, I start seeing all over Instagram, Rosie McLennan, Andre DeGrasse, Penny Alexiak, all posting hey, my cereal box is back. So uh, th- it's basically the same thing that we had in Tokyo. It's going to be, you know, Cheerios for Andre de Grasse and Shreddies for Kylie Mass or Penny Alexiak or whatever. But y- it's all cereal here. That's what that's what it is. And and they brought it back because typically, you know, oh, we made all this in 2020. We're not going to waste our time again. But they waited to the last minute, I guess, to make sure that uh, nothing was canceled this time.
0: Jared, you talk about the Yo Pro Mojo, all right? I'm gonna talk about the Woolies bullies. Have you have you have you seen the Aussie heroes? Here, mm-hmm. look, nobody can see it. I've, I've even got the album. I've got my Aussie heroes sticker album. Get excited, <laughs> everyone! Get to Woolies and twenty dollars, you get a packet of stickers. And look, at, I mean, again, no one can see this at home, but you've got like stickers. You can put it on their face. You can learn about. T- there's a picture of an animated kangaroo playing table tennis. Like, what? I what want do you one want? of those. Do you want us to get you an Aussie heroes book and send it yeah. over to you, Colin? Like, this is great. Have you been collecting them, Jared? I have. I haven't opened them yet. I'm kind of saving the thrill. Um, oh.
2: But I'm, I wonder who I'll have uh, 20 duplicates of.
0: <laughs> well, I've got this. This is the thing that annoys me because you get the numbers, but then you get these bonus like gold foil ones. So I've got like Sam Kerr and Tim Cahill in gold for, for football, and then I've got a, a kangaroo playing soccer. So, like, I mean, you know, like, get out of there. I'm a, I'm a Coles man. I'm not usually a Woolies man. I don't like going to Woolies, but uh, the Woolies bullies. I don't know if that's going to work. It doesn't really sound that good. Um, Australia in the last few Olympics, so uh, from Sydney onwards, we've gone 4th, 4th, 6th, 8th, and 10th. And in terms of our averages of the medals, uh, we're averaging 12.6 gold, 16.4 silver, and 14.6 bronze for a total of 43.6. We haven't gotten over 40 medals since uh, Beijing, so uh, that's a bit of a tall order. But, uh, I mean, Jared, I do remember during Rio we were a bit, uh, silver deprived for the first week. And then we stopped, we couldn't stop bloody winning silver. So are we going to be a bit careful now in our predictions? Cause we were, we, we were winning the Olympics after day one. Why don't they just stop it after day one? Right. It's always the case. Always the bloody case. What's going on with that? Um, I, I want to quickly talk about, uh, the mascot. Cause I believe we always need to talk about Boorang and Surang uh, cause you know, we, we, we do like a good mascot talk before I forget. Uh, now, this year's mascot is... Uh, let's see if we can pronounce it correctly. Is it Miratawa? Mir- Miratawa? Mir- yeah, it's... I don't know. Um, M- anyone Mira ta- wants- Miratawa. Miratawa. Thank you, Colin. Uh, and Somedi? Uh, so, it sounds like an Australian one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, it is a blue a figure with blue checkered patterns inspired by the game's official emblem. Its fictional characteristics include the ability to teleport. <laughs> kind of sounds a bit this like is This is easy. what you expected
1: of the Japanese uh, mascots, yeah. <laughs> it was um,
0: 2,042 designs were submitted, uh, which selected three pairs of unnamed mascots to uh, present to Japanese students. And uh, they announced this on the 20th of February, 2018, basically. Uh, it is, Mira Tawau is named after the Japanese words for future and eternity, while Sameti is named uh, Actually, after a type of cherry blossom.
1: Let's 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 correct. Uh, apparently it's so mighty.
0: So mighty. Oh, so mighty. Yeah. Oh, so mighty. So mighty. mighty.
1: That, I like that better now.
0: Yeah, it literally says it right in front of me there too. Um look, I mean, can I just say these I don't I don't know. Like they just kind of look <laughs> like you Like, there's nothing amazing about these. Like, what's with the last few Uh Olympic mascots? Like, you remember freaking Wendell and Bendel from London? They were like giant penises with eyes. Like, Izzy, you remember Izzy? I'm always going on about Izzy. I'm not going to remember this thing in five years. I mean, Colin, what?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I have a bit of a collection of, you know, a couple of the five mascots from Vancouver because we had a bunch of them uh and uh casper even has the uh what was the name of the one that you brought him from the commonwealth games
0: oh uh uh, barbie
1: yeah barbie yeah so we got that uh and serang i would i would buy the plush figures of those still if i could find them but my problem with these is a i think the backstories are are typical japanese you teleportation is great cherry blossoms okay this is what you expect out of japan but these don't look like characters that you want to have like a little toy of, you know? Uh, this they, they kind of look plain. They look like, I don't know, like 60s, something something out of Speed Racer in the 60s. <laughs> you know, it's, it looks dated to me. Uh, it, it doesn't look like something you want to play with. So I'm not crazy about Mirei M- 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 Tawa, and So Mighty. I like the name So Mighty, though.
0: Wenlock was the London one. I just need to correct myself. Jared, I mean come on, like what's going on here with this? Like, Yeah,
2: not a fan. Every time I look at them, I just think of Pinky and the Brain and I can't (laughs) get it out of
0: my head. (laughs) I hope that's the anthem when they walk to like the the metal thing, the the Pinky and the Brain. You you can
1: see this on the uh, Wikipedia page, but the rejected designs, the backups they had, uh the they have um uh, the one that, that was designed here by Kanayano, uh which is on Wikipedia as Pair B. Those two I like.
0: I'm gonna uh, find the, this now.
1: Yeah, go to the Wikipedia oh, yeah. page.
0: They look like Pokemon.
1: Yeah, and it's funny that they actually have the, the mascot selection process the same way they do Olympic. Uh, host city selection process <laughs> votes received Round the one, winner two... is <laughs> yeah but i really like this second pair the um uh there are no names to it but the one designed by Kanayano. yano uh yeah. the third one looks really ridiculous but I, I like those other two better i mean what are we going to call those things one's one's going to be some type of kate popador- and bronte there we go, Kate and Bronte. <laughs> those, those are my mascots for Tokyo.
0: <laughs> and typical Kate and Bronte, they choked, so they they didn't get in. <laughs> so yeah. um, I don't want to spoil it because we're still a few months away before we get to our Beijing preview one. I'm just looking at the Beijing mascot for t- much better. Like it's it's I mean it's not outstanding, but it's better than the actual Beijing 2008 ones, and it looks like something quite yeah Beijing-y. So anyway. I haven't seen this yet. I gotta look. I'm looking forward to when we'll talk about at the end of this episode. When we do our special emergency episode on the eve of the Olympics, when Brisbane should get the Olympics. <laughs> what our what, what are we gonna have again? Like think of the prospects. Like are we could have Sid Million Dickhead back. I I don't know. They're Maybe gonna we have could Benny. could be mascots. They could be yeah. me. <laughs> Benny and Jared. <laughs> home art Olympic just you know what
1: okay we need to we need to actually find out you know how these get submitted and everything and we need to make an official I don't care if it's a stick figure I will get Casper to draw them (laughs) Casper's a good artist he will draw Benny and Jared and we'll submit them (laughs)
0: Done. Um, One thing, actually, before we talk about some of the guests on the show and some other things, uh, just on the Australian team, should mention uh, Andrew Hoy. I don't know if you uh, knew this, Jared, that he's back. He didn't make the Rio team. Uh, One of our greatest ever Olympians. He's a three-time gold medalist, silver medalist uh, in question. He'll be competing in eventing. The ripe old age of 62 coming up for his eighth Olympics. He's been to every Olympics uh, except Rio since Los Angeles in 1984 because we remember the great days of, uh, I think it was Barcelona, Atlanta, Sydney, the, the triple, uh, the they went back to back to back, basically, in the uh, the team event. But, uh, I mean, what a great Olympian Andrew Hoy is, Joe. This is great that he's back at the age of 62. Good for, good for Andrew.
2: Yeah, it's insane. The longevity of the equestrian riders, I don't know. I don't get it. I feel like at that age, surely you're a bit concerned about falling off <laughs> like, you know, pick something uh, that's less strenuous on the body, like the synchronized drowning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I haven't, I haven't done my research. So enough to know if bat horse is back, but we might have to, uh, to to find out there really, uh, if if bat horse is back. Uh, the oldest uh athlete I did have this up before, uh, is a seventy nine year old Japanese equestrian rider by the name of Hiroshi Hoketsu. Uh, incredible. And the youngest athlete at these Olympics will be a 12-year-old table tennis player from Syria, the very first um, Syrian athlete to compete in the sport of table tennis at the Olympics. Uh, she will be the fifth youngest Olympian in history. So that's uh, pretty pretty crazy stuff there. Good to see uh, the age discrepancies there. Um, now, Colin and Jared, just a special note here for guests of Off the Podium. Uh, that are competing at these Olympics. Uh, so we have the grand total of nine that have appeared on this show uh, since we've. Uh, nine people this we're going
1: to owe an apology to when this Olympics is over.
0: <laughs> Two of them Australian, one of them American, six of them Canadian. All the pressure on the Canadians here. <laughs> so uh, we've got Evan Dunphy, who what was fourth in the uh, the walk mm-hmm. back in uh, in Rio. Uh, Catherine Pendrel's back. I thought she'd, uh, yeah. she had. She re- just retired. had a baby. Well, there you go. Uh, BMX, am I I got the right sport there?
1: Uh, Sure. (laughs) Uh,
0: Mountain biking, one of those ones. Mountain biking. Uh, Our runners of Aaron Brown uh, and Brendan Rodney, uh, obviously we've got Kylie Mass, as you mentioned, and the greatest name in all of fencing, Maximilian von Haster. (laughs) in the sport of uh, fencing, but uh, yes, there are Canadians. Our two Aussies to look out for, uh, of course, sports climber Tom O'Halloran and Charlotte Kaslik in Rugby Sevens. And our American, now I, I butchered his name so many times. Pronounce it Abdi... Abdi... Abdiraman. Abdiraman. So I got it completely wrong. Um, so there are nine that have been in the show. Uh, I've, I've got a couple other ones that I want to single out as well that haven't appeared on the show, but I, I, I want to keep an eye on. Now, um, I don't know how I want to go about this because I don't want to predict anything. You're gonna like it. Our track record's not good. We've only had one medalist on this show after appearing on the show, and that was in a relay. Should have been a bigger medal. They lost to Hungary, but we won't get into that again. Um, Colin, I think you've got something to add on this. Like, have you got a clip to play here? Or am I, oh, am I-
1: okay. So, yeah, there's a, there's a very important name you left out who was one of our Canada's biggest stars in Rio. Uh, gold medalist, the first Canadian to ever win a gold medal in uh, the high jump. Um, Mr. Derek Druin, great interview, nice guy. And um, why don't we just hear a little clip here uh, of something that Ben
0: did. (laughs) Of course it was Ben, as always, during that interview with Derek. I want to take this opportunity, Derek. This is something that we've not brought up before on this show, but uh, Colin and I have talked a lot about it when we're actually covering games that – I mean, I'm saying this right now. You're going to win back-to-back gold in Tokyo. I've got that positive mindset. However, the slight tidbit with that fact is that whenever we get people on this show, they generally don't do that well at the next Olympics. So I, I want you to know that if you don't, but you will, you will win, I'm saying, but if you don't, you have every right to rip shit into us and basically blame us. I want you to know that post interviews on CBC. The first thing is I want you to be like, fuck off the podium. I shouldn't have gone on that piece of shit show. No one listens to it anyway. Fuck them. They cost me the gold.
2: I will write that down in
0: a list of excuses to give. Please do. It's, it's, wow. So of
1: all things, I mean, we, we're all aware of the curse and we have mentioned this to several of the guests on the show, but you went out of your way to say, I have a good feeling that you're the guy who's going to break this. Three he weeks didn't ago, even qualify. <laughs> three weeks ago, he gets injured and doesn't even have the opportunity to qualify. We could have had a back-to-back Ooh. gold medal. He almost, get, I can say it with him. He would have been a lock for a back-to-back gold medal, but Benny here had to open Did- his big mouth again. Thank God the man didn't die because we know Ben's had that effect on people before. Wow. But we have lost Derek Druin, not even a chance. He's not even going to be, he's going to be watching it home, you know, <laughs> with his leg bandaged up or whatever it is he injured, cursing the name Ben Waterworth for 16 days.
0: Jared, would you like to do the interviews from now on? I, I, I might just stay at home. <laughs> Um, I think you just need to get people on after they've already won. <laughs> we did. We started we did off well. Catherine Skinner, Tom Bird, we were on a good start. Back in the day, so they <laughs>
2: retired and tell them do not come out of retirement after yeah. this, this interview. We need to.
1: Well. We need to guarantee when we interview somebody, we're like, do you have any plans to go back to the Olympics after this? <laughs>
0: I'm telling you now, some of our guests afterwards for our winter olympians, I'm sorry, Brianna Walker. You, 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 I mean, she's been on already, but uh, God, we're, we're screwing these. But don't come on off the podium. It's that simple. Um, but, I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, Kylie Mass, you know, could yeah. break the curse, could Aaron, play this Aaron clip again Brown. in a couple of weeks. Actually, you know what? Screw it. As an Australian, let's say this right now, Kylie Mass will win the gold medal in the 100-metre backstroke. <laughs> come on, Kylie, get the gold. <laughs> Bring it home. You don't
1: even um, want Australia in that thing. You, it's <laughs> got to be Kylie at this point. Because if we can um, win... A, let me say this. If Ki- Kylie Mass, you are the last hope. Kylie Mass, you are our only hope. Hope <laughs> <Help> is Kylie <laughs> Mass. You're <our> <laughs> Kylie <hope>. Mass. <laughs> if Kylie Mass can win a medal, great. We've at least won an individual medal from guests on Off the Podium. If she wins a gold, the curse is... Completely shattered. Like we have destroyed this curse once and for all. Well,
0: let's be honest. We we could just be right now. Of all nine, they could all be metal. I mean, Evan Dunphy nearly won a medal. I mean, you know, what's his chances? I mean, you know, is he going to win one this time, Colin? Have you been paying attention to Uh, it?
1: I mean, race walking's been kind of a you know an on-off sport. I think it was almost off the table even at one point for Tokyo. Uh, But I mean, he's still in the he's still in the mix there. You know, as long as nobody bumps him this time, that was kind of the big drama (laughs) that made him famous. yeah, I mean, there, there's there's chances. Catherine Pendrell, who knows? I mean, again, she literally just had a baby. I think it's insane that she's even competing in this Olympics, but that just goes to show what a great athlete she is. Uh, they're, they're, we've, we've interviewed some good people this time. Let's not screw this up.
0: I'm just well, – uh, uh, there's I, not much just, pressure on us Aussies here, Jared. I mean, you know, Charlotte's a team sport, so we can't blame her, like that sort of stuff. And uh, Tom O'Halloran, the, the, making the Olympics was a big deal for him, so we can't be blamed for the Aussies fucking up this time around, can we? It's true. Oh, you can. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you, you mentioned race walking. I'm, I'm glad we didn't get Dane Dane Mr. Smitty on since, because, uh, you know, we want him to win another bronze. A couple of ones I wanted to mention here, just um, in terms of I had the chance to interview two other Canadians when I was working in Canada, uh, two local Victorians, Jay Lamoureux and Georgia Similing. Uh, who have both qualified. I've noticed that they are both there in cycling, so very excited for that. And I mentioned the boxers as well. So you mentioned the Canadian boxers. uh, Carolyn Vare and Tamara Thibault, um, who both were medalists in, uh, at at least Tamara was, um, so I'm keeping an eye on them. And the Aussie boxers as well, who did very well on the Gold Coast. Uh, Sky Nicholson, who had a great story, uh, she won gold in, in Gold Coast, as did Harry Garside. Caitlin Parker won silver. But uh, all great individuals who I had the chance to have a bit of a interactions with during the Gold Coast game. So I'll be keeping an eye on them. So we'll probably jinx them by mentioning their names here on the show. So... Um, yeah, there you go. You know
1: um, how creepy it sounds? I'll be keeping an eye on them.
0: I'll be keeping an eye on them. You yes. hear rustling in your bushes
1: at night, it's Ben.
0: <laughs> it sounds like the bloody uh, GoldenEye songs, you know, watching in the <laughs> shadows as a child. Like, as I watch you
1: from your bushes. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, I want to get to some of the metal stuff, but um, a couple other things I want to mention here. A couple of fun stories that I've uh, found uh, along the way here. Uh, Colin, I know you're a man who loves his sex. Um but uh <laughs> did you did you hear the story that uh, the Tokyo organizing committee have designed anti-sex beds for the uh, athletes village uh, an anti-sex bed an anti-sex bed so basically they have made them on um cardboard essentially blocks that they can't move, essentially. The beds are made out of cardboard and can only support up to 200 kilograms of weight or they will collapse. I really don't know how the (laughs) super heavyweight weightlifters and wrestlers are going to go in the boxes. Um, But essentially, they don't want... The IOC have said they don't want people having sex because of COVID. They don't want physical contact, basically. So I don't know how, like, judo and all these other sports are going to work. Having said that, though, they will still provide 160,000 condoms... To the only eleven thousand five hundred athletes, Jesus Christ! Okay, like, <laughs> can I
1: can I immediately pilk a hole in this? Well, I mean, condom, these please are- don't. <laughs> <laughs> I know
0: that's how you got pregnant twice, but come on.
1: <laughs> uh, so, okay, so they they want to discourage sex for COVID reasons. COVID, uh, and they figured the bed is where we're going to target them. No. These are most Look at you. Well, these are the most elite athletes in the world. These are the most flexible, strongest people. They don't need beds. I mean, they're going to be doing it on the the the, the bathroom vanities. I mean, the, it's not even going to bother them. I don't have to go in a bed. That, they accept that as a challenge. I mean, this is part of my training here.
0: I'm so glad that I showed the you porn. Let's do it on, the, the, on
1: the dishwasher. Come now, on. Since <laughs> you
0: have seen porn, you have become so educated in life that you realize that these things exist. Good job, Colin. <laughs> (laughs) Who would have ever thought that me showing you porn would have changed you this much? So, yeah. Uh, I just love the fact (laughs) this is a story. The anti sex beds. Um, Which is just, wow. Okay. Um, Yeah. Anyway, uh, also, uh, another story I wanted to point out. I I think we we talked about her back in Rio. Uh, The uh, Uzbekistanian gymnast by the name of Oksana Chuzavatina. She Uh, She had a lot
1: of sex in. She's (laughs) She, yeah, oh,
0: yeah. Geez, she's <laughs> a lot of sex. Um, she is coming back to compete. Uh, is this her eighth Olympics, seventh Olympics? Uh, she's, I think, the ripe old age of uh, about 46 in the sport of gymnastics. So, she started um, in
1: Antwerp, people.
0: Yeah, she did. She's... <laughs> I saw that story on the uh, Olympic website recently about uh, the 100-year-old Olympian. This is her. Oh, it's
1: come, oh, forget that. It's come full circle. She wanted to start and end her career at the Tokyo Games.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good job. I mean, Jared, you remember talking about Oksana, don't you? This, we talked about her a fair bit, I remember, during Rio.
2: I do, and she might be able to help us with the knowledge of the uh, Australian wrestlers in Antwerp. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It's weird. I just, Yeah. I suppose the level. Let's. Oh, that's mean to say, but the level of competition in Uzbekistan mustn't be that high. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the fact that she's back again, it's it's very impressive.
0: I think if we all want to compete in the Olympics, let's bugger off to uh, Uzbekistan. We're in with a chance. Is that or Tonga? Oh yeah. <laughs> Just letting you compete in every single sport. Um, <laughs> another thing that's also interesting to point out: first time since Sydney, Usain Bolt has not been at the Olympics, and the first time since Atlanta that Michael Phelps has not been at the Olympics. So yay i i don't know if it's a good or a bad thing um are we both sad jared are you missing usain and michael or
2: uh usain potentially michael not so much
0: (laughs) what about ryan (laughs) what about
2: mr
1: lochte oh Uh, lochte didn't qualify what are we gonna do for material
0: I know, Lindsay Vaughn, has she switched over? I mean, I feel we've got to find um, our Ryan and Lindsay, we? need we? to
1: find our new new Olympic idiot. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. We've <laughs> we really got 16 he's, days.
2: <laughs> his dancing with the stars run would have uh, lent well to the rhythmic gymnastics.
0: <laughs> I, I'm going to go out on a limb and predict that they will either come from the sports of surfing or skateboarding. Just a prediction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, just maybe, just maybe putting it out there that they may come from one of those sports potentially. Um. Now, medal predictions. Now, Gracenote.com is a website that does sports predictions, apparently. So they've predicted the medal table here, the top 10. Uh, and sadly, Canada's not featured in the top 10. I'm sorry, Colin. They're predicting you will finish 18th. Uh, four gold, seven silver, nine bronze for a total of 20. I'm sorry to report that they predict New Zealand will finish two spots ahead of you. Also with 20 medals, but no, nine, way. nine freaking gold. If, <laughs> if New Zealand win nine gold, it will sink the bloody country. They don't know how to fit that many gold medals. I mean, they got excited over like, oh, bro, we got two bronze at the winter, like nine gold for New Zealand. If New Zealand win more than five gold, I don't know what I'll do, but, um, The top 10, they are predicting, and I'll go from 10th to 1st, Italy in 10th, Germany in 9th, Great Britain. Oh, Jamie's got a breakfast with Colin, everyone. (laughs) Thanks, Jamie. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jamie. Get mine eventually. Um, Great Britain in 8th. Australia will finish 7th, according to this virtual medal tally. France in 6th. Netherlands in fifth. Japan, the host nation, will be fourth. Uh, Rock will finish in third. <laughs> China in second. And the USA, apparently, well, it's a bit of a shock, that one, dominating on top. Um, I'd like to give our medal predictions, and I wouldn't mind almost predicting maybe just the top three. I mean, it's not that hard. The top three of the Olympics is generally the three same countries, but... Uh, Jared, I mean, looking at that, any surprises? I mean, Great Britain dropping below Australia. It's been a while since we've beaten the Brits in the Olympics. So I don't know about that one, but, I mean, mm. standard top ten there, wouldn't you say?
2: Yeah, I feel like we're very cusp this year. Yeah. Um, my personal prediction will contradict that, but uh, thinking about it now, I feel like we're very, yeah, in that kind of 8, 9, 10 spot.
0: 12 gold, 13 silver, 15 bronze is what they're saying. The Netherlands here, massive, 16 gold, 16 silver, 14 bronze. So they're, I'm looking here at the biggest medal. They've got a little graph here that the basically the biggest medal improvements is in the Netherlands, 27 extra medals. They are predicting the Dutch to win. So don't We're know like how the they are. This is in the field hockey. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, Speed skating is coming hockey. in the Summer Olympics all of a sudden. Hmm. I didn't realise that.
1: Look, <laughs> in the Winter Olympics, Netherlands won something like 18 18- Skating medals, I know that. But yeah. what's their big summer sport?
0: Uh, well, Jared mentioned hockey is a big one. Um, they're saying here uh, that cycling is where it's coming from and sailing. Mm. Uh, so I can biggest... see like, the,
1: the, the correlation between cycling and speed skating makes sense. But well,
0: they're, sailing? Uh, well, they're saying here, and Jared, I'm sure you remember Sydney as well. The Dutch did great in Sydney with Van der Hoogeman and Inge de Bruin. I remember those names mm. vividly. The best ever Dutch medal performance was in Sydney. They won 25. Uh, but they're saying that they will comfortably beat this with more medals in cycling, track, cycling, road, sailing than ever before. Uh, unlike 2000, the medal will come from a number of Dutch stars as opposed to just a few. Wow. Okay. Wow. Look out for the Dutch, apparently. Um, yeah, I don't know about beating Britain, though. Like, like as much as I'd hate to say it, because I'm saying right now, right now, the French... Forgiving you, good on you, France. I'm on board with Team France in 2021. I'm on board because I want to be in Paris in three years. So I'm gonna, I'm all nice for the French. Good on the French. You know who I'm giving a big middle finger to this year. The British. Fuck the British. We're gonna beat the you British. <laughs> I'm you, sick you, of the British. It's not coming home. You're choking you Euro. Feel, You're choking you, Wimbledon. Sorry, Colin.
1: You want to feel good about something? Uh, yes. Who? I mean, if we're gonna look at who is Britain's biggest star in Summer Olympics, Mo Farah. Was yeah. given something like eighty chances to qualify, and he in didn't? these Past Olympics, he didn't qualify, even though they kept making exceptions. Ugh. Mandy Bujol in Canada has to take the IOC to court <laughs> to be allowed to qualify because she had a baby in an off year. Mo Farah, they keep throwing it at him, and he can't qualify. So there wow. you go.
0: Well, I, I love Mo
1: Farah, but you know what? I feel I feel I feel like I can I can help you out a little bit there. Good. You're,
0: you're, British. Tell you what, like I, I, I don't feel we will beat the Brits. I really don't. But if we do, I that's enough for me. Even if Australia <laughs> wins one gold and Britain wins none, I'm celebrating. That's that's enough for me. Um, but screw the Brits. Sorry, Britain. Um, but uh, yeah, interesting that New Zealand nine, nine, They don't know what to do with that. They just become the world champions in Test cricket. Like, don't give them nine gold. No. Like, I've lived is- in New Zealand since the last Olympics. I don't want to have to put up with that,
1: Crip. Is Tom Daly in uh, Tokyo?
0: I don't know. I didn't bump him to him recently, unlike in the Gold Coast. So. I mean, <laughs> if shirtless uh, posing is
1: part of uh, the Tokyo Games, then I can see where those nine gold come from, from Tom Daly.
0: Yeah, like, I, I I don't actually know if he's going to Tokyo. Maybe, maybe not. Um Actually, before I get to the medal prediction, sorry, I keep, I keep drawing this out. Um, I wanted to talk about tennis and maybe some of the other sort of the big name athletes that we're going to have during the Olympics. I mean, the one that I'm excited for, Jared, I know I don't think you're on the, the Djokovic bandwagon, but like, I mean, this guy has a chance to create history. Steffi Graf, the only athlete in the history of tennis to win the Golden Grand Slam in 1988, of course, all four majors in a year, as well as the Olympic gold. Novak's got a chance. He's won the Australian, he's won the French, he's won Wimbledon. Get the gold medal and go on to the I mean come on, even you might not like the guy, but a golden grand slam, I mean, this is pretty enticing prospect.
2: I can appreciate the effort. Um, this like this to me feels like the I almost want to say the biggest lock of the entire Olympics. No, you just jinx it. You're saying that deliberately so he doesn't I see what you're doing there, Jared. <laughs> but just one, he's playing like exceptional tennis this year, and then two, just nobody
0: else is there. Yeah, I could have represented Australia, but I turned it down. So, you know, even I didn't want to compete in tennis this time around. Colin, you're a bit of a tennis fan. I mean, would it excite you to see Novak Djokovic uh, take the Golden Grand Slam in 2021?
1: Yeah, I mean, anytime somebody can make history, it's always exciting. Um, I, I don't even know who who else is there. Like, uh, is he the only big name that's competing? Is, is uh, Rafa there?
0: No, Rafa's out. Fed's out. Um... Yeah, that's uh, I don't know who who do we have good in the, for the men's side, Jarrod? Because curious pulled out.
2: curious pulled out. Demonor got COVID two days ago, so he's not going. <laughs> um, wow. Who <laughs> <laughs> do we, we? I don't even. It must be like uh, Jordan Thompson or somebody. So I don't think I don't know. The media was hyping up Demonor like getting COVID as oh we've lost like a medal chance in the men's. That chance wasn't there to begin with, quite frankly. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, I feel like Djokovic's competition is coming from, well, nobody, but of the top-ranked players, I'm assuming Medvedev's going for Rock Um, and then an outside shot of uh, Tsitsipas for Greece. But, yeah, it's not not big competition on that side of things.
0: I'm seeing we've got Mr. Ducksworth. uh, Duckworth, quack, 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 Mr. Duckworth. (laughs) uh, And John Millman are there. Our doubles men, we've got John Pierce and Max Purcell and John Milliman and Luke Saville. And women's, obviously, we've got uh, Miss Barty. Sam Stozer's back, Sammy Stoza. Come on, Sammy. And uh, is it Anja Tom, Tom Jalev- yep. Tom Lenevich, yep. Thank you very much. And uh, Storm Sanders going there with Ash in the doubles and Ellen Perez and Sammy Stoza going there. Do we even have mm-hmm. a draw yet for the Olympics? Uh, I don't know. I think Ash has I, got a shot in is... the doubles as well. Hmm they playing with Storm. Like Storm, she made
2: semis, I want to say, of Wimbledon just two weeks ago. Yep, yep. I think that's that's a medal chance. Pencil that one in. Uh,
1: apparently, Egypt has qualified for uh,
0: women's tennis for the first time ever. Finally, it's happened. Let's go yes. Egypt. Come on, Egypt. Get out there. Go on. Um, Simone Biles is a big talking point going in again. Um, what did she win? About five medals in Rio. So she's, she's, she's back uh to kind of do some more damage there uh i mean look i always like watching the gymnastics and not just for those reasons yeah. some of them um the older i get it becomes creepier but i don't really care to be honest
1: because <laughs> this is the younger they get age gap is widening
0: <laughs> um i mean basketball like again like they always talk up the dream team i think they're just you know no lebron uh but we've got kevin durant's back good for him um so, yeah, I don't know. Are there any other sports that I'm missing, any other big-name athletes that uh, I, I, I'm missing that uh, I haven't really pointed out? I mean, they keep bloody pumping up Tony Hawk on the goddamn previews, but I mean, he's about 72. I don't think he's competing. <laughs> but, I mean, I'd love to see Tony Hawk compete. Wouldn't we all? Um, but, yeah. I remember
1: um, – I, I don't know if this guy's competing or whatever, but uh, after the Tony Hawk craze started – all the extreme sports had somebody lend their name. And I think it was, what was it? Kelly Slater surfing or something? Oh yeah.
0: Kelly Slater. Legend. Yeah. So yeah. Is,
1: is Kelly Slater in the surfing? Oh, or he'd is be about
0: gone, 10 years older than Tony Hawk, I think. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, I feel, I, I legitimately feel bad for people like a Tony Hawk and a Kelly Slater that kind of the Olympics came 20. Like, I mean, it's yeah. not like Gretzky kind of got one chance at an Olympic Sydney kind of just as they sort of towards the tail end of his career. So it's, it's kind of sad that these icons of world sport kind of don't kind of get that but uh anyway all right um mental t- i actually i hope i haven't done this i should have done this um actually no let's, fuck it i'm gonna drag it out more we need clothes i've got a couple more things to talk about i've got lots of notes here people um cbc how are you feeling colin how how's the coverage like i mean i know it's not yet started but i mean we're gonna have our cbc dumb moment of the games probably or something along those lines i mean you, you can watch nbc oh. as well but i mean how are you feeling ahead of cbc uh, well, it's really exciting because we're
1: going to have so much coverage. Uh I think um, it's pretty much around the clock on CBC, like as far as the network coverage goes. And then they've got this nice app here, the Tokyo 2020 app.
0: Oh, fancy. You see,
1: which you can filter by all the sports. you got the whole schedule on here. So I think this is going to be like um in Pyeongchang. You can't really see anything there. Uh I think it's going to be like in Pyeongchang where you can view every sport it's not necessarily going to be the CBC coverage of it, but uh, whoever is covering random, you know, handball or something like that uh, is, <laughs> uh, you know, you could you could hear the, the Botswan and call of that uh, match oh. or something. <laughs> but, um, for that. <laughs> but, yeah, even on top of CBC, we have TSN, which is kind of Canada's ESPN. Uh, they're going to be covering that around the clock. There's uh, Sportsnet, which uh, another... 16 cable networks. I mean, this is going to be well surpassing every Olympics in history as far as TV coverage goes.
0: Which I will say, among the many reasons I'm disappointed still not to be living in your great country, I I was actually looking forward to living in another country for an Olympic coverage. I've never done it. Like, even... Mm since the last winter Olympics, I've lived in what two different countries and no Olympics have been on since I've been living overseas. So I've still not had that opportunity to experience an Olympics outside of my own country, but I was looking forward to seeing that with CBC and everything along those lines. Next time, hopefully.
1: Also CBC's brought in a lot of like, um, you always have the athlete experts, right? Not only do you just have that as far as commentary goes now, but they bring them into the studio. I don't know if you saw when they had the Olympic coverage, you know, every single Saturday for the last year or so, uh, we talked to Brittany McLean. She started just as that correspondent they'd bring into the studio and now she's doing commentary. So I'm excited that they're gonna be getting not just, oh, let's bring this person in just like uh, last uh, time, Donovan Bailey, they brought him in just to talk about Andre DeGrasse's performance, you know? Uh, But they're gonna be having, oh, let's go to our expert to preview this event and we're gonna have all these famous Olympians from the past.
0: At least you just don't get random, you know, guy who used to host a travel show coming in to commentate like we do bloody do in Channel 7. You know, that's kind of what we do. Um, And yet you
1: can't get a job there?
0: (laughs) Hey, you know, maybe I just need to stop jinxing our Olympians and they will have me (laughs) on their coverage. Um, Jared, I guess let's uh, get oh, let's do some warm ups. Channel Seven bashing time, one of my favourite moments of the Olympics. In um, all seriousness, before we get to the Channel Seven bashing, uh, a serious note: this is more than likely going to be Bruce McAvaney's last ever Olympic Games. He's obviously just stepped back from AFL coverage, uh, which is very sad. But uh, I don't think, because he didn't do Pyeongchang, did he? So I doubt very much he'll go to Beijing. So in all realistic nature, the legend that is Bruce McAvaney's. last, I'm probably more sad about that than any other person retiring from these Olympics. So can we just take a special note right now to appreciate that for the next two weeks we need to appreciate the legend that is Bruce McAvaney? Yeah, let's just hope he gets some coverage. Yeah. Um, do you think he's going to bring up the old um, Kokomo again? Do we... Do we, we, we no, fingers <laughs> crossed. Frothing at the mouth I'm of the great nation of who I want to take to you. Always looking forward to
2: see how, uh, yeah, who I want to take you is going to go in the Olympics. <laughs>
0: But in all seriousness, Channel 7, I mean, look, I'm looking here at the app right now. It's not a separate app this time around. It's just a 7 Plus app, but they've got the Olympics tab. We've got uh, Days Until Tokyo. They've got the Road to Tokyo here. You can watch little uh, things. It's basically just the Olympic channel by the looks of things. But you can go back and watch Aussie medal moments. So you can watch the Rugby Sevens from Rio. You've got James Tompkins making history back in Athens. Stephanie Rice in Beijing. Uh, then you've got iconic moments of the Beijing Olympics. The best of closing ceremonies. Uh, highlights from Sydney. Two thousand. I mean, you name it; it's all here uh, on the Channel Seven app. Download now from your app store. But uh, I mean, it's always a fun time for us. Uh, can we get a weed of Bartholomew to text us back again? I mean, she was my bestie back in Pyeongchang. So, who who are we looking forward to bagging out the most in uh, in in the next couple of weeks? Oh, um, there's a long list. Uh, probably Hamish McLaughlin
2: ah. um, <laughs> he springs to mind. Um, I don't know who else. It's just, it's weird with channel seven that you're right. They just do have the random people who they hosted a channel seven show once in their lifetime. And now all of a sudden they, they're an expert on sport. But then in amongst that, they do have like the legends of commentary there, like your Phil Liggetts and your Bruce McIverney's. I had to laugh though the other day that the fact that they're adding SBS commentators to their team Really? To, uh, get a little bit of cultural diversity.
0: Wow. Uh, a little bit of
2: expert advice for the Chin, Is Lilian Chin coming no, to the Olympics this year? Definitely
0: not. <laughs> oh, if you tell me that what's his face from Eurovision is going, I'm not watching the Olympics. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm done. Um, have, have they announced any kind of like, what was it, the rave from Rio or whatever the hell it was? Like the comedians that not like to, the, the fake Roy and HG? Are we having any like the, the, the tools from Tokyo or something or? i don't know one can only hope Uh, coverage
2: so far has been in my experience just very light
0: Mm. not a lot
2: of advertising not a whole heap of build-up uh so it'll be interesting to see what happens when it actually starts um i'm expecting the worst like you mentioned before the uh swimming just being played over and over again uh highlights of our one medal win uh throughout the entire two weeks um yeah. You know, the hair montage I, for
0: sure. Sure, oh, yes. Montage is coming hair back. montage, yes. Hair montage? What? Remember I hit my flipped my hair back when they had the horse. Jared loved it. That was his favorite part of the Olympics.
1: I uh, you know, it's funny because you guys always mention the how much they'll replay the medal wins. And again, you're projected to win 30% more, 40% more <laughs> than in Canada. We don't even necessarily win that much, but like if you miss seeing it once you might catch it on the replay overnight, but then they never air it again in Canada. Like we just move on to the next sport. So that's, it's so, I I, I would (laughs) would expect in the winter Olympics, if you win a medal, they're going to show it every single day. But here in Canada, they're like, we won a medal. All right, move on next
0: day. So Canadian. I'm just looking here. So Mel McLaughlin, you can, if you don't, if you don't like us, we're a terrible, we're only the fourth I best don't. Olympic podcast, you know, according to whatever that Blogspot website was, which we should advertise. more. we're pretty proud of that. Um, you can listen to the Channel Seven Olympic podcast with Mel McLaughlin called No Turning Back. Good on you, Mel. You're just trying to still remain relevant. Um, Andrew Bogut's gonna be calling the basketball in Tokyo, Jared. That's good. Great to see there. But I, in all seriousness, I believe that there's going to be something like 45 dedicated channels across uh, the the app, as well as 7Mate uh, and 7Plus. So, I mean, that's pretty pretty respectable there, Channel 7. So, we don't have to put up with your your crappy prime all the time. We can just flick over to the Botswanian handballers or something along those lines. <laughs> and we will strive to be calling sports. We, we love yeah. doing it. I, I want Jared. I, like, I want you to, in dressage, I want you to be going dressage, 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 dressage. Like, I'm expecting the moguls is one of my favorite moments from your, your time on this show, Jared. So I hope you've been practicing. Oh, definitely up to scratch. We, we don't know what we'll be commentating, but uh, we'll can we, we tr-
1: Can we do the backstroke since that's <laughs> our last shot at getting interviews in the future? <laughs> okay.
0: Success in that. No, I'm, I'm down for that. Uh, I Look, like, no, in all seriousness, I think we should just do as best we can. Uh, you know, I think we did the rowing back in Rio because I was about yeah. two minutes delayed. Uh, and then we at least did the moguls, so I, I feel like multiple sports. If, if we're doing this kind yeah. of in a nighttime slot when there's still stuff on, so uh, yeah, we
1: can bring a lot of excitement to surfing.
0: Absolutely. Uh, in the series, and he's shedding water. Handball is actually I did not mention that in my favorite. One of my favorite sports in any summer league. Handball. That is an amazing sport. Did you ever play that in school? Either of you like European handball? I know we did at one point. Like our, our PE teacher was like. This week, we're doing European handball. It's a fun sport to play.
1: If if we do handball commentary, we have to put on our best Botswana accent for it.
0: <laughs> Emma, not us <a> Jamaican. <laughs> That's a Botswana accent? Botswana, we got a handball team. <laughs> <laughs> Feel the rhythm. Feel the ride. Get it up. It's handball time. <laughs> oh god that's my new favorite country of these olympics is botswana like it was the unfunny hungarians last time around <laughs> let's get behind the the beautiful botswanans <laughs> love it all right medical uh actually uh video game either of you played the video game i've played it it's decent it's okay
1: i was no. waiting for more of an opinion from you because uh i, I really want to pick it up uh, i but would recommend uh, it. it's
0: cheap the it's first like-
1: time you you mention it you're like yeah it's all right
0: it's I mean look, it's the thing I don't like about it is that they've gone for more of like an arcadey feel. So you got like kinda like you can create a like a a, a, a mascoty sort of Athlete to compete, so you've got like you can have Sonic running the hundred meters, even though it's like the official game, not the Sonic and Mario one. So it's a bit more cartoonish, bit kiddish. I like the more kind of simulationy ones where you've kind of got like the the athletes, but it's still kind of fun. Like it's 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 more realistic than Sonic. Like you've got you can do sport climbing, you can do rugby sevens. There's basketball, like sports that I've never seen before in an Olympic video game. It's not just button bashing athletics and swimming. Like you got a bit more diversity. So. um, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's like fifty bucks. Like, if it was a full price hundred odd dollar game, no. But like, fifty bucks, why not? You know, it's yeah, it's there. Medical, me- medical. I'm just throwing stuff medical now. Medical pred- predictions. <laughs> Who's gonna die first <laughs> during the Olympics? <laughs> um, shit. I shouldn't say that because uh, somebody probably will now. Um, I want us to both predict both Canada and Australia. So I, I, I don't want just Colin you to predict Canada. I want you to predict Australia as well, and we have to predict Canada as well. So I, I don't know if I clarified this beforehand, but uh, that's what I'm going to do. Um, so who? Let, let's start off with the land of the true north, strong and free. Let's go with Canada, and let's start with Jared, the Canadian expert on this show. Uh, wh- give me a gold, silver, bronze, and a total medal count for Canada.
2: Uh, well, Canada are going to be very polite <laughs> and keep things simple for everybody. And win seven gold, seven silver,
0: and seven bronze. Wow. <laughs> sevens and sevens. I like that. You, you sounded like you should be working with Channel 7. The, the 7, the screens of seven or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> the Mega Wall. Um, oh, is the Mega Wall coming back? All right. Seven, seven, seven. You sound like Monica from Friends. Seven, seven, seven. Um, all right. Colin. No, you go last. I should go next. All right. Um, okay jeez i I legitimately should have looked this up and done this beforehand. I did all the other research um I think you're being a bit generous on Canada there Jared I'm gonna say because of those four gold medals that they predicted that uh, they'll win according to CBC Kylie's not going to do it, so oh. I'm gonna go three gold eleven silver. <laughs> And let's go with 15 bronze. Okay. (laughs) That's a pretty big hole. Uh, Huge. 29 medals. Wow. Good job, Canada. All right, Colin, the realistic one now from the real Canadian.
1: (laughs) I'm going to be somewhere in the middle. I'm going to say we're going to get five golds. Ooh, I'm going to say... Six silver, and I'm going to say 12 bronze.
0: Okay, so that gives you 23 in total. Okay. Don't know what we win at the end of this, but it's kind of like our Eurovision predictions, right, Jared? So there you go. Okay. Hmm, I like that. All right. Australia. 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 Um, Colin, you can start us off, Mr. Australia Expert. Give us us your best shot.
1: All right. I'm going to say... Seven golds for Australia. Wow. Well, is that good or bad? Wow.
0: (laughs) It's our worst uh, turnover, I think, since uh, Barcelona, but sure, we'll go with that.
1: I'm going to say seven silver. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to say 15 bronze, (laughs) which will put Australia winning a lot of Canadian golds.
0: So you're saying we're only going to win six more medals and Canada at the that's Olympics. That's right. Jesus. I will say that's a choke if we do that. <laughs> um, uh, Jared, I'll let you go. Yeah, I'll let you go second. I'll, I'll, I'll save the best to last. Well, if you thought I was being generous with Canada, <laughs> wait till you hear these numbers.
2: 48 gold. Cool. <laughs> I'm blaming the tennis endorphins on these predictions because, oh, my goodness. Here we go. 11 gold. Okay, 20 silver Okay, and 23 bronze medals.
0: 23 bronze. <laughs> wow. So that's 54. That's a pretty good haul, though. That would be our biggest medal haul since Sydney. So, okay. All right. Hmm. We've got to be smart here. This is like the price is right. You just go a dollar higher and then you can kind of, <laughs> you know, Okay, so I look, I I looked at these this grace note thing, and I'm kind of like I'm feeling the whole like yeah no I think we're you know twelve gold, but stuff it. I'm going all guns and blazing here, right? I'm gonna say that we're gonna we're gonna do better than we think. I'm gonna, I've changed my tune. This is the Ben Mooreworth model of thinking here apparently. I'm gonna say thirteen gold. Yeah, that's right, thirteen gold. Yeah, I'm that guy. Uh, I think we're gonna go with the Uh, let's go for 15 silver. Sure. That sounds good to me. And I'm going to go for 26 bronze. (laughs) Cause why not? Now how does that, can I, can I work out the math here? 39, 54 as well, Jared, I'm taking you as well for the medals. Um, I'm just
1: saying this right now when you guys end up cacking at everything, I'm gonna end up the winner. <laughs> Low yeah. expectations. All
0: right. Okay. Well, where's Botswana gonna finish on the middle tally? Everyone. Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? I'm gonna
1: guess one spot above Australia.
0: <laughs> oh, the iconic. That's reasonable. Box. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Um, I'm so looking forward to the Olympics. Like, I, I, I cannot wait. We, like, it's, it's crazy to think we What haven't we touched on, Colin? No spectators. Oh, yeah, that's probably an important thing. Uh, <laughs> maybe should talk about and that. And this
1: is recent, so it's it's kind of I, I'm still not quite over this yet. I don't know how to feel.
0: I I don't yeah, it's kind of it's been announced what for about a week or so now that obviously because Tokyo's kind of gone into like lockdown lockdown essentially. So they're like, oh, no spectators, which I think initially was a case it was no foreign spectators right, but it was sort of the Japanese spectators, but now it's essentially like none at all. Um, yeah I don't know how I feel about it either I mean I think it's kind of had this just started had this been a thing where we kind of were not used to spectators at sporting events maybe it would be a bigger thing but I think we've kind of lived in a world now for so long where it's kind of you're sort of used to it and like I, I don't know if they're going to dub over sound I don't like it when they dub sound effects over it's a bit shitty like I, it, it annoys me um, but yeah I don't know I don't know how I feel about it Jared what do you, what do you think about no spectators it's going to be interesting to watch
2: yeah, it's weird. I feel like I was just getting kind of used to the no specter, spectator thing. But then it feels like the rest of the world, like Europe in particular, has started having spectators again. It's like it's flipped. It was like Australia had spectators at our sports. The rest of the world didn't. Now the rest of the world does and Australia doesn't. Um, so I think it will be a bit weird. To just, I mean, it was going to be annoying anyway having no spectators. Um, foreign spectators because it just means we're going to get all these at home family celebration moments played over
1: and over
0: yeah which i I think come on
1: one thing that i'm slightly optimistic for is uh if if you remember back when covid first hit the first sports came back like uh hockey and basketball before they started piping in crowd noise you would just be hearing you know from the coaches the they would make sure that like the the tv crews and all that made as much noise as they could to kind of supplement some of that uh, um, lack of cheering that we would normally get. And there's going to be enough people on the sidelines that will at least get some type of audible reaction. My worry would be watching these sports where, and they just won the gold medal and it's just like dead silence. <laughs> um, it's also different in a lot of the, the sports that have come back with spectators like team sports, you have very fast calls from the commentators a lot of Olympic sports, it's not heavy on the commentary, so it's going to be more noticeable the silence. Uh, so, We're I, in with I'm, the I'm... chance
0: for the commentary, <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> yeah, they, we I, we can just start providing crowd noise. You know, start listening <laughs> yeah. to our podcast live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 but I mean, it's 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 tough because. The cool thing about the Olympics is you're watching these sports that normally don't get a lot of excitement and you get to see big crowds getting really hyped up for it. Uh, Even yesterday, I was watching just some of the athletics, the Diamond League athletics, and it was small crowds. We're talking like 10, 20 percent capacity and it still felt big. It's just I don't know. A lot of these sports we haven't really been able to see it without spectators before, so it's going to be unusual. But I'm, I'm, we'll adjust to it within two or three days.
0: One thing I will quickly add is, I watch the Athens Olympics. I'm used to no crowds, so it's <laughs> fine. We'll, we'll, we'll be going there, and also just quickly, IOC, uh, you know, Mister Bark, ah, ah, uh, ah. Uh, uh, um, Hobart is ready to go. We're still ready. Like you need crowds. Just, say saying. Just fly everyone down south. Also, we're, we're, we're ready to go.
1: Let's, uh, let's, let's talk about the fact that. Uh, Thomas Bach doesn't know uh, the difference uh, uh, between Chinese and Japanese people. Have you heard that story?
0: No. Oh, no, I haven't. Controversy. I love this. What is the count doing? <laughs> he he was talking
1: about the, the great Chinese people in Tokyo or something like that recently. <laughs> and wow. Caused a bit of an uproar. <laughs> he didn't Jeez. realize the difference between Chinese and Japanese.
0: Good old have a bit of a racism controversy on the, yeah. in the
1: Olympics from the Fancy IOC. Fancy letting president.
0: in those foreign fans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: You know what? Well, uh, the no fans is not going to be too dissimilar from the uh, Zamboni st- uh, stream at the Winter Olympics when they're sweeping the ice in terms yeah. of noise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We're going to have some great commentary now that we- there's no sound. Like, we can just do this. This is perfect. Um, it is so exciting. The the Olympics are here. Get it- Get excited, everyone. And our coverage is 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 ramping up. Uh, we we're going to be very very busy over the coming weeks. Of course, our next episode ninety nine point nine percent. We're jinxing it already, but uh, let's we'll have, have the emergency episode uh, this Thursday. We're hoping it's going to be officially announced that Australia will get our third ever Summer Olympics. Still waiting for those Winter Games, but Brisbane is set to be officially voted as a host of the twenty thirty two Olympics. Jared it's probably just going to be you and I. do I don't think Colin's going to get up early to talk about a foreign city winning the Olympics. He might, who knows? Um, but I mean, like in all seriousness, like we, we, we have not done an episode on this. I feel like we should have done one already, but this is kind of going to be the, the official announcement, the, the reaction episode. It's weird to say the reaction episode when we basically know we've got the Olympics, but this is exciting. I mean, you know, to have two Olympics in our lifetime, if we both live for another 11 years, <laughs> uh, like it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. This is a rare, rare thing to happen.
2: Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm just so excited that I'll be older and like willing to like go to the Olympics because Sydney, like, I feel like it was like too soon in my life, but now this is just every event I'll be there. Yeah. You'll see I'm me 100... in the crowd at the synchronized drowning.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm 100% with you because, yeah, I was 13 during Sydney and this. I, I, like, I remember as a kid when we got it and then kind of our, my parents, yeah, we're going to go, we're going to go. And we never ended up going, which, you know, was disappointing. But yeah, I'm kind of with you sort of at that age where maybe you don't appreciate it as much. But yeah, the fact that you know, in eleven years' time, if again living and breathing, hopefully, um, to kind of really appreciate the fact that there's a, a an Olympics in your kind mean, of for you it was a bit different. Obviously, you you live in Sydney, so you were kind of there, but. I lived in Brisbane, so, like, I can say a city I've lived in gets the Olympics. You know, it's not my home, but I've still lived there, so I can kind of appreciate that for, for what it is. So, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited that this is on on the cusp of it of happening and uh, thoroughly deserving if Brisbane gets it. It's a great city, so uh, we'll see how it goes. Colin, you're excited for Brisbane getting the 2032 Olympics. I mean, look at you. You're thrilled. Yeah. You're, you're more excited than the I, Tokyo Olympics. But-
1: in, in all in all honesty, uh, I was sort of mentioning this to Jamie the other night and she goes, Oh, that's gonna be really exciting for them. Too bad that you you don't get to see the Olympics. I'm, Thanks, Jamie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you were like but I did them, weren't you? <laughs> her,
1: I, I did remind her though that uh, you know uh, Los Angeles is coming up and it's it's not that long of a flight to go to LA if I wanted to. You
0: could drive there, technically. I mean take you a week, but I mean could, sure. yeah. Yeah, I hear Jamie's yelling at you for something. trip <laughs> no, to we're Australia, not going to Los Angeles. <laughs> trip to eleven years time to Australia. Why not? There we go. So, yeah, Jamie's uh, holding out for Flynn
2: Flon. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but look, we could be talking Vancouver. Of course, look like they're in the running for twenty thirty again. So uh, we might be talking about that around the corner. But stay tuned for that on Thursday, and then daily coverage. Now we don't hundred percent know our scheduling, but off the top of our head, it's probably going to be more of a at the end of every day, sort of a night time for Australia, which will be morning for canada that's uh generally what we're thinking but i am pretty sure we're all guaranteeing that we're all going to be straight after the uh, opening ceremony we're jumping straight on and we're going fuck oh i want to take you the flag yeah. bearer like the the mario and sonic display was brilliant like quickly bold <laughs> predictions for the open i mean who's gonna light the tour who's lighting the cauldron jared <laughs> your favorite <laughs>
2: japanese olympian <laughs> well between mario and sonic i mean it's really <laughs> a dead race isn't
0: it <laughs> um but any predictions any bold predictions for the opening ceremony put you on the spot jared <laughs> i think just the obvious
2: ones like surely we're going to get some uh calligraphy in there i feel like that's a lock um yeah i i just i feel like it's going to be very uh they're definitely going to do that whole um uh ancient to modern uh <laughs> storyline
0: that we get all the time and the Nikki Webster style child from start to uh-huh. finish. I actually, I vaguely remember Nagano, like, and there was, I think there were sumos and like, I think it's, it's one of those ones when I used to watch the um, Ceremonies channel and the Olympic channel, they would replay every now and then. Um, Colin, I just want to say this right now. Please, can we have a good opening ceremony? We haven't had one since yeah. London. It's been a while. Um, I mean, Sochi was fine. Um, Pyeongchang and, and Rio were kind of crap. Um, Gold Coast 2018 was a better opening ceremony. And we know how bad the closing ceremony was. But please, can we have a good opening ceremony? That's all I'm saying. Japan, don't let me down. Colin, opening ceremony thoughts, predictions.
1: You know how no matter where the Olympics are, they try to pander to the American uh, television audiences. So I I want to make a prediction. We're going to get some nice Tokyo drifting down a 400-meter track straight through. We're going to get a nice little <laughs> Tokyo Tokyo drift race.
0: I, I... Um, I'm just saying this right now that I want the Die Hard tribute uh, for the 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 tower. What's it called? <laughs> Nakatomi Naka, Tower. <laughs> T- I want the Die Hard tribute to come from Tokyo. But I actually, I mean, the most entertaining part of the the last few ceremonies was the Tokyo display in Rio. That mm. was hilarious that they got the the prime minister basically dressed as Mario. So I mean, come on. Like, the, I'm expecting the next two opening ceremonies in Tokyo and Beijing to be good because we remember how good Beijing was in 2008. So. Daily coverage will come straight after the opening ceremony and then we will be in every single day recapping all the day's events. Hashtag OTP is how you can get in touch with us if you want to go on Twitter and Instagram. We are on Instagram now. Follow us on there. We're on Facebook. Uh, We don't know if there's going to be team messages for the Australian Olympic team as well as my name is for Canada. We're hoping there are. There's nothing up yet, but we will find the good ones and we'll read them out on air. Otherwise, we'll just go to Channel 7 Bashing on Twitter and read all the comments that we did there and get Edwina Bartholomew to tweet us. I don't know. But off the podium on all of those platforms, just search for us on there and we will provide you fun things and great coverage and all the things in between. But bring it on, boys. This is this is I'm pumped. On. So excited. So so happy. And we get two of these in like the next six months. Jesus Christ this is even better Jared so good to have you back on this show and I'm so looking forward to your commentary practice those moguling calls for whatever it is bat horse dressage everything else and let's uh, get the where's richie books out as well because we haven't really mentioned that but thanks for joining us Jared and uh, I'm excited to have you um, on the next few weeks yeah it's gonna be great fun and Colin Mr. Bronze uh, thank you for joining us and next time can you make sure that Jamie brings us all breakfast please that would be much appreciated
1: will do just send your orders through <laughs>
0: Like McDonald's, those touchscreens, whatever it is. <laughs> so we'll, we'll do that. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Bring on the Olympics. My name is Ben, and we'll speak to you soon and off the podium. Good night. <laughs>